Well, hello. Welcome again to the Great Stories Podcast. You found it. I am Ryan Weber, your host for the show. And what you've stumbled across is a long format interview style program where I sit across the table from another human being and I just hear their story. Uh, we hear about uh, their lives, their history, their past, their fun stuff, their troubles, their trials. Uh, and most of all, we just dig into what it's looked like in their life to be a follower of Christ, how they began to follow him, how that worked out, and what it's looked like since then, just what their perspective on. And one of my favorite questions to ask people on this podcast is, what is it about the gospel and about Christ that you find so beautiful as to say you will follow him with your life? Uh, and these stories are amazing. They're unscripted. They're uh, unrehearsed. They're unedited, most of all. And, and they're super fun to listen to, and they're so fun to record. Uh, of course, if you want to follow the show, uh, we have a Facebook page. It's called The Great Stories Podcast on Facebook. There's also an Instagram on uh, the same name. Uh, you can listen for free online uh, at the Apple Podcasts, or if you have an Android device, you can go on the Stitcher app. Uh, I'm on there also. Just search for The Great Stories Podcast. And if you want to support the show, uh, you can go on to patreon.com. we got a little account with them. But the best thing, the biggest thing you can do is to go in your Apple podcasting app or Stitcher and just give it a big thumbs up, give it a positive review. And what that does is that helps it show up uh, sooner in the searches when people are searching for new podcasts to listen to. This one will come up sooner. Uh, I just really believe that the the real life in the trenches stories of what it means to follow Christ, uh, the, the, the unpolished, unrehearsed, the un, uh, un what is it, the unpresentable <laughs> story behind uh, just in the trenches faith. I think that's inspiring to people who are believers and people who are seeking, or or people who think church is a bunch of baloney. Gosh, I, I, they need to hear about about this just real life struggle that we're in and just what it means to follow Christ in the midst of this life. It's awesome. Uh, if you want to be on the show or you know someone who you want me to talk to, shoot me an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Today, I got to sit down with a good friend of mine. I've known him for four plus years now. Uh, his name is Todd Walker. And he is a uh, father of two. I know his son really well. And he's uh, a physical therapy practitioner in Fremont, along with his wife. Uh, just a really cool story about just growing up uh, as a poor kid, you know, scratching the frost off the inside of his windows, uh, going to college, uh, adopting his own faith, uh, picking his career, just a, a lot. We got into, I didn't know we were going to go here, but we ended up talking a lot about parenting and just what it looks like to to parent the kids as they struggle against the world and with the world and, and for it at the same time. Uh, it's just an amazing conversation. I'm so thankful for Todd. What an amazing guy. Uh, I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it. Here we go. To the show. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Cheers. Live. Cheers, my friend. We're live. All right. Um, so, yeah. 
How was your, um, what is today? Today is December 5th. Today's December 5th. It yeah. is a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. How's your Wednesday going? My Wednesday, my Wednesday was awesome. Yeah. I um, work from home on Wednesdays. Ooh. Which is code for not really doing much. <laughs> <laughs> I've always suspected that. Because yeah. every time I work from home, I don't really work. <laughs> well, I get, I get all my work done, but just in a much uh, drawn out way in my, you know, pajamas. But what is that? So you're not seeing patients. Right. You're doing but boss I, stuff. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of business stuff behind that. Uh, yeah. It's all good stuff. You're a small business owner, which yes. means you do all of it. Uh. Or hire people to do <laughs> what you don't know how to do or don't exactly. want. Exactly, I manage people uh, doing the things I don't know how to do. And you own a physical therapy. Uh, what would you call it? An office? Practice. A practice. Yep. Yep. Here in Fremont for uh, seventeen years now. Whoa! Yeah. Peak performance. That's right. Give a shout out. Peak has it always been, has it always been called peak performance? Or? Yes. So you went right with that. Yep. That's good. Yeah, I've been there, I've been there before. It feels like um, like a mix between like a medical clinic and a gym. That's about right. Somewhere in there. Yep. Yep. And we try to keep it real fun and lively. And yeah, I got a great staff, wonderful people. Yeah. Who really uh, love people and that helps. Love helping them uh, get better. Yeah. That helps. If you if you don't like people, it's hard to <laughs> hard to really help. I've them. only known one physical therapist that does not like people, and I oh. was like, "Why are you doing what you're doing?" She I was know. miserable. It was just, yeah. Well, I, anyway. what you what you did with me worked a miracle. Yeah, you're doing all right, right? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So I I crushed a disc like eight years ago. Had a laminectomy surgery. They removed some disc. And then, like a year ago, I strained it just really bad. Mm. And I, you do that on occasion. And then I, I came and saw you. You hooked me up with that inversion table. Yep, traction. And I love it. It changed everything. That's good. I'm more functional today than I was, like, five years ago. Good. And you're still doing it? I Well, I'm Couple not. times a week? Yeah, I should. Yeah. I, I get on it, but not as often as you told me to. Yeah. I'll keep it up. Yeah. So uh, I invited you on because we took a road trip um, like a month ago now, Mm -hmm. more than that. And we got to talking just about like your childhood and and some of your memories and just your your perspective on um, faithfulness Mm -hmm. and God's provision and just some of your journey as a kid and all that. And I was like, holy crap, we got to we gotta record this. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to give me the exact uh, seven-hour <laughs> yeah, yeah. version. Yeah, coming that... back from, from uh, Nevada, so we literally yeah. had 10 hours. Yeah, that was a long ride. Yeah. Uh, we, can hit the high... fast, we can hit the highlights of it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not opposed to a seven-hour <laughs> podcast, but... I don't know. You might lose me before then. Yeah. So take me, uh, just take me back to little baby Todd, and like give me the give me the background. Like where where's your family from, and and where'd you start out? 
Um, so yeah, I'm from originally from uh, New Hampshire, and that's uh, that's where my whole family's from. Um, and uh, yeah, everyone. Uh, it's kind of New England. It's kind of one of those places, you know. You, you're born there, you live there, you die there. So <laughs> I always expected that I was gonna just stay there. Not, um, not but you. No. So yeah, I'm like the. There's only a couple other people out of my family that live outside of New Hampshire. So, uh, yeah. So we just grew up in um, uh, rural, New, rural New Hampshire. Um, okay. Yeah, the house that I that I grew up in was uh, built something like in 1796, something crazy like that. It was like one of the first. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on the. It was on the main one of the main routes um, between like. Um, uh, that, that connected Massachusetts and uh, the coast, Portsmouth coast. That's New crazy. Yeah. When, when did America become America? 1776. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, so back That's... with one of the original 13 colony things. Yeah, Dude. yeah. It was a it was a doctor's uh, like a doctor lived there, and so. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So wow, so old like plantation style or uh, just old colonial style. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Like horsehair insulation. Like no joke. Dang. Yeah. So That's we cool. did, it sounds cool, but we it was it, it was pretty it was pretty <laughs> rustic. Yeah. There hadn't been too many upgrades since uh, seventeen ninety something. So. Uh, wow. Yeah. Elec- electricity. Water, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We had electricity. We had running water. No, sh- no shower. No shower. And oh. then like the the heat was like uh, the the that um, forced kind of water radiators. You know, like like water would get yeah. heated and go through those radiator things right so no forced air okay and uh yeah my my room was the one room in the whole house i was i was on the second floor in the northeast corner of the house and okay. so you'd think that whoever made the house in new hampshire during winters knows that nor- nor'easters blow through right so yeah. the northeast <laughs> corner is the coldest room in the house and there was no nothing no heat mechanism in there uh-huh so well, they just got here in like yeah. or whatever. They didn't know that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my my room was literally the most freezing room in the house. I would sleep in the wintertime. I would, I would have like literally probably about, I don't know, probably close to eight inches of wool blankets over me. I'd cover my head. I had like a couple cats that would like crawl and like sleep down at my feet, keep my feet warm. Oh gosh. Yeah, there was times when uh, to find out. I remember this one morning. Um, I knew there was gonna be a big snowstorm, so. I, uh, I, I, I got up early in the morning because I thought, you know, in, in New England, one of the coolest things is like, you know, when you get the word that there's a snow day, right? Yeah. It's like there's nothing better as a kid than hearing, hey, go back to bed. It's yeah. a snow day. School's canceled. Yes. So I jump up out of bed and I open my, uh, my, my curtains to look out and I was like, holy cow. Like the snow looked like it was up to halfway up the window. But then I, I looked closer and I realized, oh. That's the frost on the inside of the window. So I literally had to with my fingernails. <laughs> That's how cold my room was. I had, to, I had to, uh, to, to scrape off the frost inside my window to see outside. outside. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 I don't, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like, but, but it was, it was all good. You know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was weird. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I don't know. It was just the way, the way we were brought up. It was pretty, pretty simple. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I've woke I've woken up chilly sometimes, yeah, no, and I was no. grumpy about that. <laughs> no, you don't know cold until until yeah, yeah. I don't know how cold. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's why I never get sick. That's why that's my theory. I, I literally don't get sick. I've never had the flu. 
Wow. I don't get cold. You've never had the flu? I've never had that. So I, I got, I remember when we came back from a missions trip in Guatemala, right? Like everyone was dropping like flies on the plane back with this food poisoning, right? Wow. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it until the, I was like the last person of the whole group. And as I'm going through the throes of it, someone said like, one of my buddies that was kind of coming off of it is like, yeah, I mean, that feels just like the flu. I go, that's what the flu was? I thought the flu was just like a cold. Like when people said they had the flu, I was like, suck it up, man. Just blow your nose and let's go. And I was like, this is what the flu is like. So I, yeah, I got a whole new, whole new appreciation wow. for, for people that are going through the sickness. But I don't get sick often either. Yeah. It's hard. But when I do, I go down. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not pretty. Yeah. So, so yeah, growing up was, growing up was, um, it was, it was a pretty simple life. It was a, it was a good life, really good life. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, what was some of the things that, that you thought was funny? Oh, I remember one, one thing you thought was funny that I was telling you was that, yeah. So like we didn't have a shower, right? Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> again, in the winter, um, all we had in the bathroom was this giant cast iron tub, like, like like old school cast iron. I think it probably was the original tub there. Yeah, and, they don't um, they don't make those. Yeah, anymore, and, no. and and so to heat the house to get keep the house heated uh, since the insulation was so poor, it it and it was so inefficient. I think it was still single pane. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm not lying. My dad so my dad had to <laughs> every winter he would he would he would, you couldn't see out the windows in the winter because either because he would put plastic on the outside of the windows. Like okay. he would literally have a frame in, a framed out plastic that would go over the windows. That was your storm window. So um, double pane. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. So so it would it was so inefficient. It would take it was something. Like, I remember him saying something when I was a kid. I remember hearing like the figure four hundred dollars. It was like four hundred dollars a month to to uh, get the oil to heat the house. Dang. So we were, you know, we were certifiably poor. Uh, and so there were time, many, many, many months, uh, many times where we couldn't afford uh, to have to purchase the oil, oil for a certain month, right? Because right? it was like food or the, or the other utilities or oil. Hmm. And uh, so if there was no oil, there's no hot water. So you would have to take a bath by like heating like pots of water up on yeah. the stove, and you'd then, you know, which is maybe two, three quarts, and then you rush it upstairs, you dump it into the tub. And it's a cast iron tub, so that those okay. the, like the first four things would be like lukewarm at best. You're lucky <laughs> if you get like three inches of water, and then you just gotta jump in there and just you know get it's, washed up. And 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 mind you, it's it's freezing cold. Yeah, like uh, it was. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so the water's cooling off as you're carrying and then, it, and then you just don't want to get wet because the air is so cold. It was just nuts. So we we do that. We just do these like sponge baths and like just <laughs> you know super fast, and then you just run downstairs into the kitchen where the wood stove was going, and you just get warmed up by the wood stove. So yeah, so that, that's like where everyone was. The cat was in front of the wood stove. The dog yeah. was in front of the wood stove. Like. Everyone was. <laughs> Did you guys have a TV or anything like that? Like what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had a TV. That was like that was like two rooms away from right. You don't go the wood far. stove, right? Right. So <laughs> there was literally only three rooms in the house that actually had somewhat of heat. Right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds it was, like it was, like Little House on the Prairie or something. Yeah. Like you know, it wasn't too grapes of wrath. Far from... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, but it was. I don't know, man. It was. It was just. It was just the way it was, and um, it was. It was a good way to grow up, you know. Um, uh, you know, I, I. I think we were talking. I, I often think about how my kids are growing up, and they grow up in in such plenty. 
yeah. right? With it's different. With, yeah, with just no, not not really knowing, you know, needs. You know, all the needs are met, and and then some in an excess usually. Yeah. Um, and uh, back then, yeah, 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 everything that you got, you were really thankful for. You mm. were really thankful for. Yeah. Do you think your kids are missing out on being poor? <laughs> but see, but see, uh, you know, again, like if if you if you went back, if I went, if we went back in time and just yeah. check, checked us out, yeah. like I, I wouldn't. So I'm sure my 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 parents or my dad, you know, thought we were poor. But as kids, we never thought we were poor. Yeah, you don't know. Well, right. and, and we had everything we needed. You know, I mean, and we had, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was really a good way to to grow up. I I think my kids are missing out in the sense that, uh, um. Yeah, to to be in need and have and know how to how to how to pray for things and mm. how to um, you know go to God for for a necessity a life necessity and then see how He is going to provide and yeah. then see how He did provide Th- those kind of I'm finding we have to be much more purposeful um, in in helping the, the mm. kids learn those lessons these days. Um, what does that look like? You just take their stuff away? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dump cold water on them yeah, randomly. Yeah, I know. Ah, yeah. Life's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> Wait till they start paying taxes. That's the modern form of oppression. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, growing up, um, yeah, I did, I, I did, um, well, like one of my, you know, spiritual gifts you know, when I did that, when I did that spiritual gifts test, you know, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> two of my main spiritual gifts were um, uh, generosity and faith. And um, I, when I look back on my life, I, I see how my upbringing and my my family life and my parents were, um, I think, really instrumental in in helping those um, spiritual qualities mm. come out. Um, I can remember times when literally we're doing our homework and the lights go out yeah like no power zero <laughs> my my mom you know she always it, it, this did happen you know <laughs> it happened uh you know on more than a few occasions so we knew right where to go for the candles yeah and uh <laughs> there was no scurrying or bumping into anything i think i i pretty much like knew the knew the lay of the house you know by heart you yeah. know um uh, but you know we light the candles up and my my mom would just kind of you know make something fun out of it like reminding yeah. us like this is how they did it in colonial days and back when the colonial people yeah. <laughs> lived in this house <laughs> that's right <laughs> did their homework by the candles and then and then she would just uh she would always bring it back to prayer she'd always just say okay so let's mm. let's pray let's see how god's going to provide that's cool um you know for this need and and then we'd pray and we and she, her prayers were always very um Anticipat- uh, anticipatory is that a word? That's good. Yeah, that's a big word. <laughs> yeah, it's a college know, she, word. Right she would there. she would pray anticipating yeah. uh, God's God's provision, and mm. and then um, my mom especially was very good at when when things would when God would come through, like because so, there was stuff that we wouldn't see. So like mm. someone would you know help us out somehow. You know, uh, money would show up somehow. There would be some kind of you know margin in the budget somehow Hmm. and you know she would she would remind us of that like power goes back on and oh that's because remember we prayed about that right this is what the lord provided for so that's good training um, yeah yeah and that happened many many times in many different occasions with many different um basic needs you know cars breaking down power going out um 
That's n- right. Not enough, not enough food. Talk, <laughs> talk about that, that car story. You told me something about oh, it. Oh, yeah, the car story was I, – I, I remember that. That's a very distinct uh, memory. I, I, so, you, guys, you guys had a car. We did have a car. So uh, what uh, – let's <laughs> – what year is this? How like how old so, are you? Okay, People so, who don't know okay, you. So. so yeah, yeah, I'm 45. I just, okay. just had my 45th birthday. So yeah. I was born back in uh, 73. Okay, because in everyone's mind right now, this is like 1940. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> this is not. Yeah, no, no. Okay, in 70s. Yeah, they're so, like, wow, that that old man sounds really old on the radio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, back in the 1700s, I was around. So what? what yeah. So what was this um, car you guys. So we. So th- so this this house that we lived in was kind of like right off the main main road. So yeah. as you're driving on, and we're talking a main. I'm just talking a two lane road, but it okay. w- it it would have been back in the day the well traveled road, right? Yeah. So, you know, our house is kind of like right up on this little this little hill, and um, yeah. Uh, anyway, my dad uh, comes comes in one day because we lived. Uh, my parents were both uh, Christian school teachers, and yeah. you know, and I went to the school that they taught at, obviously. Both so, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Right. Don't mess yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not getting away with anything. <laughs> and so it was about a 30 minute drive into school. And so, um, yeah, my dad comes in and he was really just pretty upset hmm. because, uh, the transmission had gone on the car. Yeah. And so he didn't know how we were going to get to school. And so he's kind of stressing out and, and, you know, frustrated and just trying to figure things out. And so my mom in, my mom's way just said, well, let's pray. She did her thing. She did her thing. So we just, we were yeah. having breakfast and, and we just stopped and she just started praying, just praying that the Lord would, uh, hmm. you know, provide and, you know, just, and, uh, and then, um, my dad went back out, you know, and this is, this was in the middle of the winter too. So it was freezing cold. And so he had the, he had the top, you know, the, the hood open and he's working his car. And then yeah. anyway, um, at some point, so we were going to be late for school, but then at some point, um, my dad comes back in and he's like, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like, Sharon, you're never going to, you're never going to guess what, you know, hmm. so-and-so guy from church was driving by and saw the hood open and, you know, stopped and asked if my dad needed some help. And anyway, he said, uh, the guy was like, Hey, well, if you need, if you need to use a car, my, my son, you know, he's off in college, you know, you know, we all knew who he was and he's like, yeah, you know, that extra car that we have, we're not, we're just sitting there. And he's like, do you, do you need it? And my dad's like, uh, yeah, that'd be great. So he went with him <laughs> back to his house, picked up the car and then we were off to school. And, and I think the guy actually gave us that car. I think that was our next car. It's crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. So it was an upgrade. Yeah, it was an upgrade because we that the car that the car that broke down was a seventy. Actually, I wish I had it now. It was a seventy-two Impala. So that thing, that thing, right? That's you know, that's cool. You lower that thing and get <laughs> you know resto mod that thing out. That's a desirable car these days. But back yeah. in the day, uh, yeah, that thing was a that thing was a heap. But it was an upgrade because again, this is middle of the winter and the car heater had broken. Yeah. Not that it wouldn't work, but that it was the fan was always on and it was always on cold. So we had to stuff a blanket up <laughs> up the vent to keep from the cold air blowing in in the middle of winter when we're driving. No yeah. wonder you moved to California. Dude, I'm Dude. telling you, man. And, and it's so funny because like when we had that road trip, man, I hadn't thought about some of these things for so long. That's and then so it was funny. just like it was just like going back in time, I just started cracking up, man. Yeah, it was it was a different different way of life. Different Different, very different than what I'm living right now. That's for sure. So, uh, right now on my other car, uh, the heater 
isn't yeah. isn't working on the, on the Jeep. <laughs> so Adara's driving it around with no heat right now in the winter. Just say, hey, at least the blower's you know not stuck on. I'll just tell you, you got to listen to Todd's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, podcast because your perspective on it. Well, I'm going to leave that thing broken until summer. That's right. That's <laughs> then right. you can have heat. No. That's right. So, yeah. That's funny. So that's just a couple of... Blowing cold air at you here. Yeah. That's oh. just a couple interesting interesting stories. But everything, anytime stuff like that happened, um, it, it's funny because I, I always talk about my mom because... I, again, you know, my dad's an awesome dude and he's a total, you know, strong Christian and it taught me so much, but he also was, you know, I mean, he was the dad, right? And yeah. now that I'm a dad, I, I realize, you know, the, the responsibility and, the, and, yeah. the, and the, the weight that's on your shoulders. And so, um, I don't remember a lot of like prayer time with dad because dad, but I always remember him when, when we're praying, he was always out in the, in the woodshed and come to find out like that was his stress relief as he's like in the woodshed oh because he was like you know because he, he, he he'd be like oh you know thinking like how am i going to handle this how am i going to take yeah. care of this and so he just chop wood <laughs> nice and uh caveman yeah yeah he would just chop <laughs> instead of instead of like freaking out in the house so we where we heard it that's my point is that you yeah. know I, ne- I never knew that my dad was stressed out i never knew huh. that it was a crisis um i just knew that oh something happened that we need to pray about Right. And my mom would lead us in prayer. Dad would go out and chop some wood, <laughs> and uh, and then you know God would answer prayer. And, and uh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was. It wasn't like you know. Yeah, and and it, and it wasn't like it was just like all of a sudden every time. But my like I said again, and I think this is just really important. This is something that I try to do with my kids. Is and this is I think this is important for all of us. Is is um, you know, to to actively pray for things, and then when we pray. Um, either jot it down, jotting mm. down your, like when people talk about journaling and stuff yeah. and writing down prayer your prayer requests because God answers prayer and, 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 and it's, it's only as powerful as we remember how good he is. Right. And yeah. so it's not always right away, but my mom was always really good at when that thing, when that answer to prayer would happen, mm. whether it be immediately or down the road, she would always remind us of the prayer we prayed and how it was answered. And so that just always really grew my faith. I grew up just knowing you know, God's in control and God's got us and, huh. you know, stuff hits the fan, you know, or we're in a need. God, God meets our needs. And, and the Bible was always there and, and about how God closes, closed the, you know, the, the, gives, you know, homes to the birds and close the lilies of the field. How yeah. much more is he going to take care of us? Yeah. That, that kind of stuff was always driven home uh, to us. And so, um, yeah. yeah. I think one of the hardest things to do as a Christian is to to get in that like thankful in advance yeah phase yeah like to be in a situation to be going through something and this is what I talk about with the the amp kids all the time yeah our high schoolers um is like this this thing isn't going to feel good all the time mm-hmm. you're going to have bad days stuff just goes wrong for long periods of time and the stresses and especially as they start you know, working and, mm-hmm. you know, applying for colleges and life starts to get a little real. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, they start to wonder like, oh my gosh, who am I? What am I going to do? How am I going to make money? What am I going to do when I grow up? Am mm-hmm. I going to be homeless on the street? And like, they, they don't, you know, they start freaking out. And that's, that's when this message starts to land on them is that like develop that discipline Yeah. of, you know, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do but you promised to take care of me and I believe you're going to do it. And I'm thankful already for yep. what I haven't seen you do yet. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> and it sucks right now and you know that but i'm gonna hold on to you anyway that's hard mm-hmm. I, th- I think our default in a lot of ways is to you know do the whole genie in the bottle thing with god mm-hmm. you know or you know shake a fist yeah you say you know my life is supposed to be great you know why don't you care about me and, and yeah he doesn't really roll like that no like he cares but it's not according to how we want him to and it's not on our standards and it's not on our timing and mm-hmm. and like his what, what's the verse that his ways are not of our ways his right. wisdom his wisdom or no his what he makes the wisest men look foolish mm-hmm. something like Princes. that yeah that's yeah, it yeah. yeah somewhere in the bible and whatever <laughs> but um no no yeah, yeah. It, it's it's definitely one of those one of those things that if if we as parents can and, and, and educators and, and Sunday school teachers and youth group leaders if we can yeah. teach our teach our kids that at an early age um, yeah. just how good how good God is and um, I don't know I, I, I think that's that's also um, I, I feel like it was almost easier like when you're talking about like oh how is it with you know your kids these days I, th- I think I feel yeah. like it was almost easier for me to learn those lessons um, for me when I was a kid growing up the way I grew up, mm. um, you know, where like my first bike, I was excited to get my first bike, right? You yeah. know, where my first bike came from. So, you know, we, we're rural New Hampshire, right? So, the, yeah. so the, you know, here, you know, uh, you know, the, the dump comes by and picks up your bins, right? So right. Well, back where I'm from, you, you bring your, you bring your trash to the dump. Yeah. I so, did that when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so my dad, you know, he was all excited. When, like, he came home one day. My first bike was from the dump. <laughs> 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 and it was like, I, I. so even me back then, I was like, oh, man, this thing's a piece. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was. Even like, you knew. Yeah, it was like, the thing was beat up. I mean, we had to straighten it out. But I was like, man, this is my first bike. All yeah. right. And I learned how to ride. You know, my dad pushed me down a, down a hill, uh, you know, my first <laughs> time on the bike, you know, just go straight, man. And, uh, <laughs> but that was, that was cool, man. I was thankful for that bike, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I think it's, I, it really is hard. I mean, and it, we talk about this a lot and we think about this a lot just mm-hmm. in Western, in Western society. I think that's why whenever we, you know, we encourage kids to go off on, on, mission trips or anytime we get yeah. out of this our yeah. comfort zone we see how the rest of the world lives uh we're amazed uh, you know right have, have, people always come back from these trips saying it's um, you know they had they had basically nothing but they were yeah. so happy yeah and it's like yeah you know it's because life is is, is much more simple and mm. yeah so the trick is doing that and yeah. having that mentality and being able to see how good god is um it's hard you know, it, even in this in this in this environment we're in right now. It seems you know it's tricky because some some of the, like the coolest people I know seems like they just had rough mm. upbringings and rough teenage years, just ran themselves into the ground somehow, and then you know that taught them something. Yeah, and I, I just you know nobody wants to see their own kid suffer, right? You know, or go through trials where they're they're legit not sure if they're gonna eat you know today you know that that kind of stuff but yeah you know i almost wonder if like <laughs> we should starve some kids or something <laughs> it's just like it's just some of the you know and I, I work with a lot of kids and you know a lot of high schoolers and stuff and i i know that they learn these yeah. lessons they yeah. do yeah they do it's just 
it, it takes longer. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't really what what's the the term? Um, they, they they hear these words, right? That God will provide. Yeah, yeah. That God hasn't left you. He'll never leave you. Forsake you. They hear these things and they believe it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really internalize until their life gives them a context for it. Right. And I think that happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. But then then the, that brings in this whole concept of like uh, the delayed onset adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know where. 24 is the new 18 yeah you know and then like yeah. 30 is the new 21 yeah. and, and it yeah. just pushes that it's like, like propping okay our, propping our kids up too much i'm a grown-up now like yeah. that doesn't happen until you're like 30 right whereas back in the day 18 you're, you're go figure it out yeah you know and and i yeah. just i don't know which is better i think it makes more irritating teenagers yeah. <laughs> that I know for sure. Yeah, <laughs> is that the kids are more annoying because they're entitled and they have never anything yeah. goes wrong. Yeah, you don't, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's tough. It's natural to want to want more for your kids than what than what you had. Yeah. Um, it's it's um, but it's you know I I just find I have to be very very cautious that it's not at the at the risk of um, you know um playing god Hmm. you know like trying to protect them too much from things from hardship from struggles um and and just you know making their life you know so there's a difference between providing for kit for for your children's needs and trying to protect them from everything and shield them yeah and that's i think where we get as parents um Hmm. you know we we kind of mess things up for our kids uh, because you know they will at some point <laughs> have to grow up, and then when the st- yeah. stuff does hit the fan, if they haven't had those those um, those deposits of, of faithfulness put in their bank, yeah. you know where they see God work, they see yeah. God faithful, they s- you know um, then they get really rattled, they get really sh- shook, right? You know, with their faith, and uh, yeah. So well, it's no wonder that you know you look out in the the non-churched. Mm-hmm. youth community uh i mean they're not even being told that right you know they're being told go achieve you know the purpose of life is mm-hmm. getting a bunch of stuff making yeah. money yeah and yeah. and you know just uh the culture just pushes them and and they're spoiled on top of that yeah. so when life gets real there's just nothing life is over and that's why the, the teen suicide is mm. you know through the roof I and know. the you know that every other kid's on Adderall and, and um, some you know, substance, the depression stuff, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, it, it's no. I, I've said this before. I don't know how people deal with life if without it, Christ. Without Christ, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. It seems impossible. Yeah, and yeah. I guess it is for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that that's one one reason why I'm I'm really thankful for you know everything you do like especially with my son and and with the youth group and shout out to know, Jacob Walker yeah man and all the all the youth group leaders out there and and, mm. and the the important work that that the 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 seemingly thankless work that that's put in because uh, yeah you know just giving them you know giving them opportunities like at our church you know opportunities to to you know um, you know, go on missions trips and, yeah. and really be the hands and feet and see how other people live and see how the rest of the world really lives. And, 
Yeah. Um, just get perspective and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's done wonders in my kids' lives. Yeah. What? So I, we can, we can jump ahead. We'll go back to, sure, sure. to baby Todd in a minute. <laughs> um, since we're on the subject of kids. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you're the first, hang on before I say it. Uh, yeah, you're the first dad I think that I've had on the show. Right. Um, and so this is, this is a cool time for you to talk to other dads a little bit. Hmm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't warn you about this, but these things just happen, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, as I'm thinking through like raising kids, (laughs) I don't have any, you know, I joke that I have everyone else's for short periods of time. And when they get bratty, I send them home. Yeah, you're like a you, you. You skipped parenthood. You went right to grandparenthood. Yeah, or cool unclehood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <right? laughs> um, but what what do you see as as a dad? You know, looking at your son, he's 15, mm-hmm. right? 16, 16 he's next month. Yeah, sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Basketball legend, he would say. <laughs> Soon to be, hopefully. Soon to be legend. <laughs> um, what in your mind are those things that you're like? there's a shark over there son <laughs> watch out you know what are you what are you hoping you can coach him through mm. and and what are you worried that that he's going to trip over himself same thing for for your daughter too yeah well she's a basketball legend also so. yes she yeah. she is a stud um i think like a lot of parents my biggest um fear and prayer is that uh, you know, because I, I remember my my uh, time in life when I, with as, as good of a upbringing as I had, uh, good meaning like you know solid Christian upbringing. Yeah. Um. You know, I had my I had my own crisis of faith in college, and and every every person does that. It's actually it's absolutely necessary for every person to go through that. And yeah so as a parent you know my 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 fear you know going through it and then coming out on the other side my 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 fear Mm. is uh, in my prayer is is that my kids as they go through that they i hope i hope that i've been a good at my wife and i that we've been good enough examples that when the the waves start crashing and the wind is whipping figuratively speaking around Mm. them spiritually yeah that um that their foundation was was solid yeah that that when they look back as they question their faith and they challenge their faith it's more in the lens of this is what i know to be true let me test it Hmm. rather than i think this is a bunch of baloney and let me see what else is out there yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah and so yeah um yeah, because as a parent, as a parent, you just every day, <laughs> most every day, I feel like a failure. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm probably just as hard on myself as any other parent. But, yeah. you know, it's it's a, uh, it's 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 the toughest job you'll ever love. I don't know the army. <laughs> I mean, it's got the army's got nothing on on parenthood. Oh man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I kind of lost your original question. Um, <laughs> Sorry. You want me to repeat the question? Yeah, what's your question? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to actually repeat it? Okay, so it's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 
I was talking about how like what are the, some of the things you see coming at the kids from a dad's perspective you're like I, I want to protect you I want to lead you I want to guide you I'm worried you're gonna hit that uh, you know that, that kind of stuff I guess um you know, there's the typical stuff that we all talk about, right? But, um, but again, with you know, being in being at Resonate and and sitting under the teachings of, of our pastors, yeah, you know, I've I've really uh, changed my perspective on the behaviors, right? Because you know, oh, I don't want them to behave this way. I don't want them to do that behavior. Yeah. This behavior. Yeah. You know, I you know, I used to be like that, but now it's 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 really where's their heart. And, hmm. and, um, so I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to say, I'm honestly not like super worried day to day. And, and, and the only reason why I say that is because of guys like you in my kids' lives. Woo. Like, honestly, it, it does take a village to raise a kid. And I do feel like I have a lot of, as a father, I feel like I have a lot of, um, <clears throat> support yeah, I can think of at least five guys, like right off the top of my head, including yourself, that I could call at any given time to intercede, yeah. or intervene, or hey, man, my son, I'm not getting through to him. Can you can you talk to him? You know, yeah, and I and yeah. and, and um, so so I guess <clears throat> maybe is more of like any listener out there, um, you know, as a father, you you gotta um, you gotta have a strong marriage. Uh, mm. And, and you gotta you gotta really have a strong marriage at home, which I you know it's not always that way, right? But that's a very important thing. And and then you gotta uh, have have um, people at church that that you you know you need to have a group of guys or a couple guys that that, that are speaking truth into your kids' lives. Yeah, uh, gals for your for your for your daughters and guys for your sons, and um, and be purposeful at. At, at, at allowing those relationships to happen. Like one of my, one of my things is like, one of the things I'll never take away from, from my kids is going to youth group. Mm. I don't care how bad they were. I don't right. care how bad they did on homework or whatever. Um, but that those relationships that they make with their leaders and their friends at youth group um, yeah. are so vital. important and vital, vital. Yeah. you know? And so um, I worry about all the normal stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, I feel really blessed, um, to, to know that I have people that I can count on as a dad, uh, to, to help me through this process. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but that makes sense. It's it, a little, it's, little vague, little vague. But. Well, it, it's the, it's the value of community. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's, that's a, a mandate of scripture mm-hmm. is to do not neglect yeah. the gathering together. It, it doesn't mean standing next to each other and and you know listening to a sermon that that's not right that's right. not community that it's talking about it means doing life yeah right yeah. and and I, there's a uh a radio personality uh steven arterburn and one of the things he's famous for saying is that a lot of times we are praying for god to do something that he's put somebody right next to us mm. to do <laughs> it's like lord help me with my kid well this person next to you like there's your answer yeah. Like you got to access that, the power that comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you coach a kid through, uh, these things, you know, stuff comes up like, Oh, someone offered me drugs at school, you know, and 
like you said, you're, and I, I like that you brought that up, that it's not so much a behavior modification you're looking for, but a heart. Yeah. And so I, I'm trying to paint an example of like, what does it look like to coach a kid through a, a situation where there's a tangible decision to make, mm-hmm. but doing it with the heart in mind, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that, there's a mouthful. Yeah. Oh, good luck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because, I mean, that's that's something that's come up and, um, you know, a couple times. Uh, well, f- so first of all, the biggest thing is is if your kid is actually coming up and telling you that. Yeah. That's the first that's the first win. As a parent, right. you, you know that you're probably doing something as, as much of a failure as you feel half the time or I feel half the time. Yeah. When when my kid comes up to me and, and has a dialogue about something that serious. Right. I'm like, oh, great. He feels comfortable enough. He's telling me to talk to me. Yeah. Right. That 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 means that I've done something to create an environment where he feels he can do that. So, if your kid is actually <laughs> talking to you about those things, then good for you because um, he he or she feels comfortable doing yeah. that. And and if they're talking to you about it, then they're gonna they they they're gonna have a um, open ear um, to mm. hear. And <coughs> um. Man, with my kids, jeez, uh, I've always, I've always, um, like one of the things I tell my son now, like, because um, he switched schools and everything, and, and he, yeah. he, he's, he was, you know, he, he's a, he's a little stud. He was a, he was popular <laughs> right off the bat, you know. Yeah. He's six foot four, 190 pounds, like, you know, just, yeah. he's a little stud. He's, so, so he's, he, he's that guy. Yeah, so he was pop, <laughs> but, but. At the same time, that there's a lot of pressure that goes along with that, and, yep. right? And um, yep. so, I one thing I told him from day one is he was switching schools, and as he was going into high school, you know, and I tell him almost almost every other day is, you know, when people find out, y- you want you want it to be when people find out you're a Christian, they're not surprised. Hmm. They're either not surprised because they say, oh yeah, you know, I know there was something about that guy. That makes sense. Or, yeah. um they're surprised because you just blew away a stereotype. Maybe they thought Christians were yeah. like mean or this or that or judgmental, but you're, you're, you're not. And they're like, Oh, that's how a Christian is. And so that's, that's, and again, that gets back to the, like a little bit of the heart issue. It's not like a, just a bunch of hmm. behaviors, but, but um, thinking about how, you know, how you're interacting with your friends and how you're coming across and even things like, you know, uh, getting your homework done and, because it shows your teacher that you care and you're respectful. Um, yeah. Things like that. Um, <clears throat> uh, I don't know. It's not. It's, I'm not giving you any real specifics. <laughs> but you know, when these things come up, we just we just talk. You know, we just talk about it. It's like it's like, well, you know. Um, you're not just telling them do this. No. Do that. Don't no, don't say that. Don't. No. Yeah. That, and that's another thing. Like I, I guess so. I I do say things like that. But with my my kids, I'm I'm really purposeful at giving them the reason why. Yeah. You know, as a parent, if you just give them the don't do and the bark bark bark. Mm. Um. But you know, we real I really try to talk through it. Like, why would you want to do that? Like, where would that lead? Um, right. What, what's your motivation? What, what benefit to you? Just. Yeah. You know you know, what are the consequences of that? You know, let's play, let's, let's play this thing out. You know, let's not be, you know, and, um, (coughs) so, so I really try to, um, I, I, I'm really purposeful at at having dialogues whenever they'll let me because, because they're getting to that age where they, you know, 
I get shut down a lot, <laughs> but I, but, but as a parent, you just got to be persistent because yeah. persistent in, in just saying, in like asking the questions, because there's been many times too, when I'm like, okay, I'm going to get shot down again, but I'm going to ask how the day went. Right. And then that just happened to be the time that I get some good information because they're ready to talk. Hmm. Um, uh, to back it up a little bit <clears throat> to di- like, um, to get to that point with, with my kids. And yeah, one of the best advices, one of the best, uh, best advice that I ever got was from this uh, older gentleman, a patient of mine. And, uh, you know, I get to know these patients. Well, you know, I see them three times a week for an hour at a time. So right. after about, you know, whatever, three, four months of that, you, yeah, know, you, you really get to know someone, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah. And we talk about stuff. So I remember this one gentleman, um, he, he said, uh, uh when my kids were really young, he said, one thing you want to do, he's like, if you can remember one thing, he said, um, always be willing to say that you're sorry. Huh. He said, um, to your kids, because right. I mean, there's plenty of times when, when we tell our kids or ask our kids to say they're sorry, but how many times have we wronged our kids and we've just doubled down on it, you know, hmm. and, or, or we, yeah. you know, we, we flew off the handle, we blew up. But so, so early on, I just always got in a habit at night. Um, as I was putting the kids down to kind of think about ways that I wronged them or, you know, wasn't the right kind of dad to them. And I would specifically apologize to them for those things and ask wow. their forgiveness. And, and it's that, that, um, I know with my son, especially cause you know, uh, well, and my daughter, both of them, but yeah. my, my son, um, he's just loyal, uh, to his friends and loyalty is one of those things that he values in a friendship. And so that, that started early on just getting getting that trust um hmm. and so all those little things early on uh when you're talking to your kids and getting to know them and letting yeah. them get to know you um it, it builds that that relationship and that trust so that as they get older and they start to tackle some of these things uh they just hmm. you, you know hopefully know that they can come and talk to you yeah so i don't know yeah was, is that a little rambling no there's a lot there <laughs> that was like just that's great rambling is good Rambling is rambling works in the podcasting world. <laughs> um, that so th- that just takes me the the whole subject of behavior modifying, mm-hmm. and it seems like I hear a lot of parents, you know, and, and I'm just thinking of like some of the, you know, the high schoolers in particular, not so much with grade school kids. It seems like. Yeah, parents They're, aren't freaking out yet. Grades. Yeah, it I mean, hasn't. Grade school. It hasn't. And hit also, grade grade school kids, they, you know, they they don't have a mind of their own yet, right? They still do whatever you tell them to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> and their their capabilities for mischief are just limited. You know, they yeah, just, they yeah. just don't have as big ideas. I think. Right, right. There you go. Or or the capability to <laughs> carry them out. Yep. <laughs> I think I did, but that's a different story. Uh, oh but yeah, anyway, the, I so the the high schoolers that. though, the, yeah. a lot of the. It seems like oh the clock is ticking time is almost up you know yeah. oh, they're the, they're a sophomore they're a freshman or yeah. even eighth grade I think I've, yeah. I've heard some of that when it's like oh they this behavior needs to stop and they need to fix this and that I don't like this they're so selfish they're they don't they're not responsible they don't understand they don't think like about other people and, yeah and I, I've had a bunch of conversations where it's like you know I I, I well, get you, it you've, you've had a few of those with me man I've had it with you yeah <laughs> like I I get it that. Wait, what you guys don't know, uh, those of you listening, is <laughs> if if, uh, if if you could run a stream right now and see, and he could, uh, Ryan could post some of the texts. I mean, like like the literal rants that I've texted him. 
he's like part shrink to me too because I'll I'll just like I can't believe this kid. The doctor, and don't, I'll just I'll just don't go hurt nuts, him. You know, don't hurt him. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, you know, you know. But anyway, he he gets what's going on. He 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 gets yeah. the full full brunt of what's going on in my head. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Well, and and so the the thing that that it comes back to is like an, none of these things are are bad things to want for the kid Mm -hmm. of course we want them to be responsible we want them to be honest uh nice to everybody you know like eat right like all these things we want them to be jesus okay that's that's (laughs) not a of course we should want that he's the best person ever we want them to be just like them but uh we're by by demanding behavior modification uh it's not going to happen all, all we do is teach them how to behave a certain way that when they're on their own and they start making their own choices, they abandon because they see it as a rebellion against you. Oh, here's oh, yeah. all the things you want me to do. Yeah. I'm going to do what I want to yeah. do, which is, of course, the opposite of what you told me to do. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I have to counsel people like the the real change you want is the heart. It's like mm-hmm. you said, you want their you want their heart to be conformed mm-hmm. to the image of Christ. Right. Because right? he had... He was generous. He was mm-hmm. caring. He was obviously responsible. Yep. <laughs> you know, he, he was giving all these things that we want to see. And, you know, the, the frustrating part for a parent is a lot of times you have to seemingly, like, just put up with this monster mm-hmm. that you live with while you're waiting for yeah. that for that slow process of purification through the Spirit to happen. Yeah. And so you have this person who seems to hate you and you don't like anything about them. And your job then is to gently guide them toward <laughs> a relationship with their creator and intimacy with God and all these. And it's just like, it's it such a, yeah, yeah. it's such a clash of, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you, you have to be, gosh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I honestly, I, you know, I, I guess if, with parents out there is that no one, no one does that well. I mean, yeah. no one does that well. I mean, you just described like our household, <laughs> like <laughs> right, this week, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Who and, are you? <laughs> right? You know, and I think the thing is, like, when you hear people speak, like everyone knows like what they should do, yeah. and they know what they want to do, but like Paul, what we actually do as parents, right? It's not the same. Yeah, you know? and, understanding and doing are oh different. Oh my things. gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the word, uh, the the. I think the worst thing that that my my kids or my son ever ever called me was a hypocrite. Oh, that hurts. Oh, and that digs. That hurts. He's old enough to know that that really. Oh, that hurt. That hurt. Right. Yeah. And um, but I remember the time he did, and I had to say, "Yep, you're right." You're yeah. Right. I was absolutely, and that's the thing. That's that's, that's hard. just that's just the thing too. I mean, like, like I I I tell the kids, and I've told the kids when 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 stuff's gone down that you know, like if anyone. If anyone had a camera in the in the house, they'd they'd probably be on the verge of calling CCS <laughs> on us. You know what I mean? CPS, CPS, or yeah. whatever the heck it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, when when the dust settles, it's you know I've had I've had talks with them on different occasions. I'm like, you know, yeah, God's grace is good for not just you, but for the, us as parents. We are un, Im, imperfect people, and I know you you want us to be different, and you want us to be more, but but we we struggle too. And yeah. and you know, and then and then you gotta you gotta apologize. You gotta apologize. Hmm. I mean, it's it. There's no easy answer. I think as as parents too. I think one of the biggest challenges um, is being on the same page as well, like with spouses and right, um, right. 
And that's where the, the strength of the marriage has to come in. And we as men have to really just, even when our wives don't seem to want it, we have to, we have to lead them and we have to pray with them and we have to get on the same page and, um, can't check out, Hmm. you know, and, um, yeah. Relationships are complicated. Very, (laughs) very. I'm, um, man, I'm single, right? Spread the word. No, but, um, man, it, it seems like a, 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 a marriage and <laughs> you're like, I don't know, if you I'm know where I'm going <laughs> is that, that having kids and being married, it seems like the extremes of both, whereas like, you'll never doubt yourself oh, and yeah. you'll never dislike any other human more than like when you're married to one of them or raising one of them. But on the other hand, you'll never experience more joy and intimacy exactly. and pride yep. than like in that same, it's, it's such a it's crazy it's an extreme situation mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. and you you can't go through that and just like be neutral about it yeah yeah <laughs> so part of me looks forward to it yeah and part of me dreads it but it's it's part of it's it's just part of the it's just part of life yeah, yeah. like like i don't know you know life life wasn't supposed to be easy and so yeah you you can't experience the 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 highs without yeah. the lows and yeah and you can't get on your knees if you're only high in the highs and, and, and you know, so. I, I came up with a joke uh, for Valentine's Day. Okay, that's here. <laughs> being single on Valentine's Day is like going to an uh, NFL football game. Part of you really wants to be on the field, but the other part of you doesn't want the concussions that come with it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> my wife's not listening. No, not yet. Uh, uh, okay, let's go. Let's go back in time again. Okay, pre-children. Pre-children. Okay. That was a great tangent. I'm glad we went there. Okay. Um. So you're living in New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, freezing cold, scratching the windows, tin <laughs> blankets, uh, cast iron tub. So you grow up in that environment. Yeah. And then it's time, you know. Now <clears throat> you begin to have your own life mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. and the question i'm wondering because you obviously grew up in a in a christian home mm-hmm. both your parents mom praying and all that mm-hmm. at, at what point or what points would you say along that journey that that really became like your thing like what was the process of you really coming into an ownership of your own because you know this is something in the church we talk about all the time yeah with kids is because I, I work with grade school kids. That's my first ministry. Yeah. And you'll have first graders, second grade, third grade, and they can tell you all the answers, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll grow up in the church and it seems like, Oh, they're great. And then they just kind of are gone. And, and it makes you wonder like, was this ever really theirs or did they just figure out what they were supposed to do? You know, and th- there's, there's a point I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And I see this in high school a mm-hmm. lot in mm-hmm. that early college is when it's like now it's my thing mm-hmm. before i went to church because that's where the car went and the doors opened and i got checked in mm-hmm. but then now well i go because mm-hmm. i believe this this is my thing what was that process for you um yeah honestly you know i mean there was times in my life like i i remember you know, asking Christ into my, into my heart. I remember that day and, and I was seven years old and ah. I was with my mom 
And it was literally because um, I remember in his Sunday school class, they were talking about, you know, the, the this is back when we had those the felt board and those felt board yeah. characters that they'd stick on to tell the stories. Yeah. I don't know if anyone well, remembers that, but I, I had those. Yeah. I'm right? not that old. Okay. But anyway, it was a it was a, a, a little bit of fire and brimstone message, you yeah. know, and, and I remember that night I was just laying in my bed and I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to heaven and I don't want to go to hell. I know I want to ah. be with Jesus. And I went, I remember I went downstairs, I was crying and I just told my mom, I said, mom, I don't, I, 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 I want to know that I'm going to go to heaven. And so she came up with me and, you know, just tenderly kind of led me through just being assured wow. of, of faith and, and, and praying to Jesus and. And, and, you know, starting that journey. And, um, and then from there, it was, it was um, again, like I told you, like just like the, the validation. My, my mom, my parents were very purposeful in how they, how they raised us um, faith-wise. And we were always around. We did have a very good Christian community. That's very important, I think, um, for children to grow up. Yeah. I, I think families need to have those friends that they let their kids hang out with, those, those friends from church, those friends from youth group. Um, mm go to lunch together and, and, you know, do life together. Um, and then, and so there was a lot of this just regular, um, kind of inundation with, it, it wasn't like, like ch- faith and church wasn't just on Sundays and it wasn't just at home. It was also at my f- friend Bobby's house and Michael's house and Stuart's house. Right. And, and, and there was this continuum. And then, you know, even at school, cause I went to a Christian school. So there was right. a lot of this inundation. And again, that, that's kind of what, I look at it as just like building the foundation. However, you can build the foundation for the kids. Oh, the phone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It. And um, <laughs> and um, and then again, living as parents, living as authentically as as you can. Yeah. For, for the kids, right? Right. All of that builds this this foundation. Of course, I had a couple of you know youth group times and in you know the the rededication times at the, at the yeah. summer camps and, yeah. and things like that, which were vital, which were vital. They, they, you know, they, they came at the right times to, to help realign, um, you know, who I was and the type of person that I, that I wanted to be. Um, but then it was, it was not until college. It was not until college. And I think for a, a, whatever that time is that I think individuals leave the home. Hmm. Um, but, um, but I can distinctly remember um, my my dad dropped me off at college, and uh, you know we were just doing the whole unpacking thing, and then it was this kind of weird, awkward time uh, when I was like, "Well, Dad, I, I I gotta I gotta get going." Yeah. And he just kind of got glassy eyed and and looked at me, and uh, and uh, you know he, he just said, um, he goes uh, he goes well, Todd, he goes. You know, you and your mom, I mean, my mom and I, he's like, we, we, we raised you the best that we could. Yeah. He said, he said, uh, he said, I, 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 we raised you the best way that we could. And we know that, you know, how, the, the way to go, the way to live. Yeah. But now it's up to you. He's like, he said, you're no longer, uh, you know, a, a boy. He's like you. You're 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 a young man now. You're a man. Hmm. You're you're going to be making your own decisions, and we just pray that the decisions that you make um, would would be uh, you know to live for God. Yeah. And that's going to continue to be our prayer. That's what he told me. And then you know he was choking back some tears, and I kind of <laughs> you know we did the man hug, and yeah. then uh, then I took off, and that that kind of that that stuck with me 
but then um you want to take it is it what is that oh no who's no, that I'm, I'm good i'm good <laughs> tell him it's you're my busy. daughter it's my daughter tell her asha we're doing a we're doing radio here yeah, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so um so then um so anyway i guess my point is is that there's a lot there's a lot of investing in our kids yeah um as parents as youth group leaders as pastors as friends of families i really i i don't feel like i've done a good enough job at at at, at being there for some of my friends kids but hmm. you know again I, I, we we need to we need to kind of look at that as as some ministry too um but just to build up this foundation because um yeah it was it was hard in college i mean i was um I just got to the point. I remember um, I, I I went into college very um, after that talk with my dad. Actually, very determined, like um, determined that I was gonna, you know, not go the way of everyone else, hmm. you know, and um, and I and I did I did for a while, but it was super lonely, super lonely. It got to the point. What, what did that look like? Get into that. So one. that okay. So like I tried to live the whole. I tried to just just ride the fence like I would go to all the parties and but like I wouldn't you know I I, I, I was like you know I'm not gonna drink right and so right I determined that in my, my my head you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just go be some total binger and um <laughs> and so I'd go to the parties and it would they'd be interesting for about 45 minutes and then everyone would be completely inebriated and yeah I, I would be the one driving people home and then they'd puke in the car and I'd be <laughs> cleaning up for them or I'd be hanging out with them while they were like all uh, dead drunk and helping them puke in the in the in the in the, oh the wastebasket all night. Like there was this one <laughs> kid I remember. <laughs> this one kid I remember. Uh, I I stayed with him all night, right, in his room, and he just and just uh, sorry, this is kind of gross, but I was helping him just heave into this bucket all night, right. Nice. And then I fell asleep. And then then I woke up in the morning, and as I woke up, he woke up, and then he sits up and knocks the bucket over. Oh. And I was like, dude, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, that is all you. So it, 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 that whole life just got old. It just got uh, old, you know. Yeah. And, and I wasn't developing any really good, meaningful relationships or friendships. Mm. And, and uh, you know, I'd get harassed for, you know, a little bit, you know, for not partaking in certain things. Yeah. And, and I let them let the guys know that I was a Christian. And um, and so I'd get harassed a little bit. But then. I kind of got their respect, but there was a time though it just started getting lonely because then I stopped getting invited. I stopped getting invited to hmm. the parties. I stopped getting invited out because they knew that just wasn't my thing. So I, I remember I was just spending Thursday because the partying started Thursday. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, every single uh, weekend just in my room by myself, completely hmm. alone. And I I remember just being like this. I went from like the first week of college being like, this is awesome. So yeah. much freedom and yeah. to the, this really sucks. Like this really sucks. And, and I literally was like, you know what? Huh. Screw this. I was like, screw this. I've been on this like straight and narrow my whole life. Yeah. I've been on the straight and narrow. I'm like, forget this. I'm like, what, what, what's the big deal? How bad is it? Okay. You know, I'm like, I'm sick of just sitting around alone. I want to, I want to just experience life. Maybe I just need to experience. Maybe, and I really started to go through this thing of like, well, maybe all this isn't that bad, or maybe, you know, you know. Of course, I was in my philosophy classes and oh yeah, stuff like that. So there was like some certain things I was, you know, started questioning the validity of the Bible and all that classic stuff, you know. That yeah. They, and and I was like, you know, maybe you know, and 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 I I remember, <clears throat> I literally, 
I had to make a choice. I was like, either I'm going to just go all in college and just experience the whole thing. Hmm. Um, or, or I wasn't. And I knew what life was like if I didn't. It was, I knew it was going to continue to be this right. for what I knew, this boring by myself thing. So you're thinking something's got to change. Yeah. And I just wanted it to change, you know? And I, and so I really contemplated and then it was just, I was laying on my bed and then it was just, it was the Holy spirit. Just really like, really, how can you forsake me? Mm. Like just this really strong, heavy kind of like, really kind of question in my head. And then it was kind of one of those like, you know, shook my head. I was like, yeah, wait, I can't, I can't deny Christ. Because again, huh. like it was like one of those like, like, you know, flash things of like all the past. It's, it was kind of like, you know, thinking back on all the times God is faithful. I, I couldn't, even if I wanted to, because of all the investment that parents and everyone else had in my life, I, I could not ignore the truth of God. Right. I'd seen it too much, too many times, too clearly, without a doubt. And I couldn't deny it. Hmm. And so I decided not to deny it. And I said, God, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just, you know, live for you as best as I can. I said, but do me a, do me a solid and just, man, help my life get a little better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just my, my, my school help life, me, you know, it's just, out, this man. is so, so lame. And it was like, I think maybe a week or two later, I was just in the cafeteria and some dude came by and he was the head of the campus, uh, the crew, uh, uh. uh group on campus and just, yep. Hey, so can I invite you to, and I was like, yeah. And, uh, so I started with the, the Christian fellowship group on campus and, and yeah, I made friends right away and I had this mm. community and it was like, God just, it, it was like weird going through this time of almost like testing. I don't know, but it, it solidified. I had to choose. I remember that there was a time yeah. where I, I literally had to choose and, and God, I didn't feel like God was just waiting for me to choose. Um, and then, and then that changed. And then I had a, just a wonderful college, um, experience with, with my group on campus and that, that was my crew. And that was, our focus was reaching the campus for Christ. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was that context Yeah, that I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, again, that's different for everyone, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, and that's how it has to be. Like as parents, sometimes we want, you know, like, like I would, you know, whatever, if I didn't know any better, I would, I would hear maybe a story like that and be like, go home and be like, this is what I want for my, you know, <laughs> but it's God yeah. works in every person differently. Right. And some of us have hmm. to, God takes people in, in the, the journey. I feel like, I feel like God's not as much cons- concerned about the, the circumstances in our life. Like circumstances are a means to a spiritual end with him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, he's going to use whatever he needs to, to make us more holy. And right. to get us to the to the to the place he wants us to get spiritually some and so yeah. some people have a different journey and i don't know i guess as parents we just have to sit back and pray and have faith that that god loves our kids more than we do and yeah. he's got a he's got a bigger better plan than we do that's and a huge thing to think that's yeah. that that's that is as a parent that is mm. that is the step of faith that yeah. is the the walking through the red sea kind of thing and god loves your kids more than you do yeah yeah that's way the way thing. way more yeah yeah so i don't know if did that answer your question i, I start to ran, ramble man and i just i don't know what my question was <laughs> but if if i asked it i think you did a great job <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah i think uh you know I've i've heard parenting talked about as like all the all the ways you feel about your kid are the same ways that you could imagine God feels about you. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. we're 
just as disobedient and rebellious and selfish and short-sighted and all. Yep. <laughs> like, that's true that's right yeah and he loves us anyway that's true okay that's true. Yeah. yeah yeah that's why you wonder why like man even like you see those dudes that do some crazy crime yeah and their mom gets on tv <laughs> it's like this my son would never do anything like this right <laughs> like, what you still love him yeah, yeah they do you yes. can't yeah. You yeah. can't you can't not love your kids. You can not like them. Yeah. Yeah. There's times I'm mean, there's times when I've told my son I said, "Really? You just said that to me?" Yeah. If we were on the streets and I was another part, <laughs> and I was another dude, I yeah. would I would have blasted you right in the face. Yeah. Like I can't believe you just said that to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I still love him. I love I you love him. anyway. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. That's why I make sure I tell my kids too. <laughs> I was like, "I love you and I like you." Like I really if I was your age, I'd want to be your best friend. Yeah. That's, that's Yeah. But uh but yeah, and then also just just remembering that I mean, if it, so I, another another thing that I always do with my kids, and I think it's good to do. I'd recommend it to any parent is, especially when your kids are are, are not super young but younger, is yeah. start start um, uh, taking time and, and telling them stories about you, about your past, about yeah. how your upbringing. Yeah. Not only for them, but it really helps you remember. I mean, I was a little punk. <laughs> yeah. I was very mischievous. <laughs> I was very, I was, yeah. you know, I was you know, disobedient. I mean, all these things that I laugh about now, but I, like, because the expectations that sometimes we put on our kids are nothing close. Yeah. Like, if that same expectation was put on me back when I was younger, it'd be right. like, I mean, there's no way I could have... I could have reached it, you know, but for some reason I'm expecting all this out of my kids. So, you know, having real realistic expectations out of our kids and, and, but then just sharing with them and letting them get to know us and know where we're from, letting them know our mistakes, you know, the, the struggles that we had in our lives. Like, and especially even as you're going, like my son's, you know, I mean, I can relate more to my son about guy stuff. I mean, I do talk to my daughter about all these issues too, but, but you know, like, especially as, you know, when you know, when my kids, you know, when they start going through puberty and stuff and, yeah. and just talking to them about real life stuff and real struggles that, that I had, or, you know, in, in specific instances of like, with, you know, I mean, you can, you know, I don't, you, know, you can choose how, how specific you go, but, but yeah. being, re- my, I guess my point being real, being real. So that helping your kid to realize that, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not like uh, my dad went through this too or yeah. my mom went through this too or oh they struggled with this or they struggled with that or they made that mistake um being willing to let our kids see our imperfections again that's just another way that we kind of bank that um uh credibility with them yeah and that those yeah. those are the things that are going to make kids come back way back when you're talking in the beginning of this podcast like you know, they, they'll, they'll start talking. They'll, they'll ask you questions or they'll tell you what's going on because right. they, they know they can, you can relate to them. Well, you're a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Because be if there's one thing, teenage- and, I'm not, and I'm not saying being permissive. Some people think like being real and the way I'm talking is that, oh, he, no. must be, he just must be some permissive parent. No, I mean, I right. have serious expectations about my kids. You know, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I frame things in the, in the way of like, okay, you know, like if you're out there on the, court or on the field out of thankfulness to god that you have a functioning body do play your hardest do your best yeah. be, be the best um, athlete you can be be the best sportsman you can be be the best you know and then when you're in school that's your job yes but more than that there's a lot of you know there's a lot of people that their brains are not functioning the way yours are hmm. and out of thankfulness to god 
try to achieve your best. Yeah, use that of, thing out of, out of thankfulness to God. It's a it's talents. Yeah, 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 and, and you know so. Anyway, yeah, a lot of talking, man. Like that's one. Yeah. Like I do a lot of talking to my kids. Yeah, that that's probably like the I do a lot of things wrong. <laughs> and sometimes a lot of the wrong is in too much talking. But uh, again, I don't think you can go wrong with, with communication. Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong. I love it. Yeah. New topic. Yeah. Tell me about the, so you told me you got to, okay, yeah, go ahead. You can use the restroom. Yeah. I'll talk for a minute. Go oh, ahead. Thanks. Yeah. I got stuff to talk about. <laughs> That's how this goes sometimes. So, uh, Gosh, I think back to my own college days, and I know I've, n- I've never given my like testimony or anything yet on this. Someone's going to come and do it, but I think back to my own college days, and I, I grew up uh, as a Catholic, you know, and I was one of those kids that I'd go to church, and you know, I'd go to mass every week, and I just wanted it to be over. I never really paid attention. And I'm not sure if like the gospel was presented or if I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. It's probably somewhere in the middle. But that's the same story. When I got to college, is it, it, that's when when I decided to like depart, I guess, from, from the church. It's when I decided it was all baloney and, you know, these Christians are crazy people and the Bible is useless and Jesus wasn't even a real guy. And I, I just like, I didn't want anything to do with it. And... You know, I was just talking about this yesterday with a couple friends of mine that, you know, I didn't have any community, you know, around myself at church. I didn't have any mentors or leaders or anyone I could, you know, welcome back. I didn't, I didn't have anyone that, you know, would speak that kind of truth into me and talk to me and that I, that I felt like was a safe person and all that. And honestly, if, if one person that I really, really respected and admired had sat me down and looked me in the eye and said, Ryan, you know, this, this is real. Like God's real. And Jesus is real. And he actually died for you. Like he really loves you that much. That Honestly, that's all it would have taken. Hmm. You know, instead I had to fumble around for several years and mm-hmm. teach myself that, you know, over time. And, you know, like you said, I mean, God, you know, he, he still did what he's going to do. And, you know, he brought me back, mm-hmm. but really I'm just like, gosh, and that, that's one thing that motivates me to do what I do is I can be that guy mm-hmm. who, who takes a high schooler out and says, dude, God's real. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know, like, I know you've been hearing it for years, but he's actually real. Yeah. He knows you. He loves you. He died for you. Like, let's figure this out together. It's not going to be easy. Let's go. And, and that, I, I know that that makes a world of mm-hmm. difference. Absolutely. So I, I I wish I had that. I'm sorry I didn't, but I think the fact that I didn't makes me a passionate mentor now. Yeah. So yeah. you can argue like, was it such a bad thing? I don't know. Right. I don't know. We're gonna be talking about time travel and paradoxes here before <laughs> you, but that's how it works. So take take me now to you told me this story about uh, like your graduate school and like the the housing and funding issues and like you just scooching on the, on the seat of your pants and like t- yeah. talk about that a little bit. That was cool. That was, that was funny. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. So, well, and I'll back up just a little bit. So yeah, yeah, grad school. So, you know, physical therapy is the only thing I've 
ever wanted to do since like eighth grade. So I was on yeah. this, I was on this, like, you know, I got injured in eighth grade and, you know, had an awesome physical therapist. I thought he was the coolest guy in the world and blah, 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 blah. You want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. <laughs> and so I was super focused, you know, through school and, and, and what I wanted to do. And so, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I did a pretty bang up job in college. You know, I didn't do so good in high school for all those parents out there. I, yeah. I was really just, I mean, people say, oh, it's a different time. Maybe it is. But I was like a, I was a, I don't know, three, 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 four kind of student, right? Okay. So that didn't enable me to get into PT school right off the bat. I yeah. kind of, anyway. So, uh, but I, I, I nailed it in college as I got more focused and, um, you know, got really good grades. So I got cocky and I only applied to two schools. I applied to my alma mater and then one other school. Hmm. And, uh, um, I, my alma mater, you know, the school that I was at, um, I applied early admissions. I was actually working in graduate admissions. I knew the head of graduate admissions <laughs> by first name. Right. right? And right. so I'm, and I was like, by that time, you know, you hand them your application. Oh, by, that, by that time I was like Mr. Springfield college. I mean, I was yeah. involved in so much stuff and, and right. I just, I love the campus and it's you know, a given. Yeah. I was like, you know, you know, doing tours and all that. I was like that guy. <laughs> and, um, so I was super confident that I was getting into Springfield. So, um, Anyway, long story short, I didn't get in. I didn't get in. And I, I didn't get in because, like, they only took, like, 15 uh, traditional grad students. Right. But the other 30 were already, like, in the system from school, from the, you know, because they got accepted into the program right. early. Grandfathered or yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah. And so he, I was like, what is going on? So he literally told me, he's like, yeah, if you were from any other state, you would have gotten in. He's like, I couldn't tell you, but, you know, we like to diversify those 15 traditional students from other parts of the country to right. diversify our, you know, their, their reach and their influence. Yeah, anyway, a lot of them do that. So, yeah. uh, so here I am waiting for that last, for that last, uh, uh, you know, um, application. It didn't come. It didn't come. It didn't come. I called them. They said, well, you should have heard. It didn't come. It didn't come. They didn't, didn't tell come. you. They just said you they should have heard. Yeah. They, didn't, they oh, told nice. me I should have heard. So, right. uh, you know, I'm making all these plans for the rest of my life thinking I didn't get in. Like two days before graduation, I just wandered through the the main you know area where you get your mail at college and looked in my box for the last time. It was empty. It was empty every day. Yeah. But I saw this little corner, slight corner, like down, like something slipped. I opened up my 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 box and I with my fingernail, I pulled 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 up this <laughs> this letter, and it was like <laughs> you know from Chatham University. And I was like, what? And I opened it up. Congratulations, you've you been it. accepted. And I, yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, so that was, I found out my acceptance kind of late in the game. So then I had to get on, um, so I was super psyched. And, um, yeah. and then I had to get on uh, uh, getting a, a place to, to live. And this was before, I mean, it, like, I'm, I'm old where, like, the internet literally <laughs> just came on. Like, like hot, hotmail, hotmail or, you know, intercollegiate email came on, like, two years before that. But then, hey, like, well. you know, that whole thing of, like, you can, you know, put a question in it and you get the answers from this internet. You know? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it was old school. So that was our senior year, right? So, you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't just go and find a place online, right? So I had to, yeah. like, cold call. So. Right, you're phone booking. I'm places. phone booking, so I'm I'm <laughs> I'm calling the school, getting a list of potential housing places, and everyone was full. Everyone was full. Yeah. And so the months went along, and I, I hadn't found a place, and I didn't have the money to go down there. So yeah, you know the the this the, this one woman in the church that was very involved in like in our youth group, uh, she was like a, a mother, 
like mother she was like the mother to all of us uh-huh. and uh she was like well, well what are you gonna do what are you gonna and she was a little type a she's like well, what are you gonna do i mean you're leaving a week i mean you don't yeah and i'm like i'm like barbara i'm like you know what just god's gonna god's gonna take care of it i, I i've done everything i can i was like worst comes to worst i'll just live in a hotel for a little bit i don't know <laughs> and so i had my whole car all packed up it was like just a few days before i was gonna just drive everything i owned down to pittsburgh and um and you know she just thought i was so irresponsible for you know not doing more <laughs> but i literally made as many calls as i could to every single student that was like yeah. in the program and a couple of days before and I, but the whole time i was like i knew i knew god was gonna provide i was like i don't know what's gonna happen but hey new adventure and uh a couple of days before i went down i get a call from one of the guys that i had originally called and he said hey have you found a place yet and i said nope he goes well He's like, I was talking to the other guys. There was like five guys in this house, yeah. this huge house. He's like, you know, it was a five-bedroom house. He's like, well, we were talking. One of the rooms is super huge on the third floor, so me and John are going to – we'll share that, and you can have one of our other rooms. And I was like, sweet. With six days to spare. You gotta... Like less. It was yeah. just crazy. It was like uh, down to the wire. Like, that's cool. And, uh, you know, it was just another <laughs> – but it, I don't know. It was just – that, those are good times. Those are good good days of just you know, like living by faith and yeah. That's another one of those like, yeah, God's gonna provide. Yeah, of course he yeah, will. Why I, wouldn't he? Like, uh, yeah, I yeah. really, I really knew he was gonna provide. I mean, he yeah. he he guided. You know, he just guided me all that way. So anyway, it was yeah. fun. It was fun to go back and tell Barbara that. What state was that college in? Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Right. My 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 undergrad was in Massachusetts. Okay, then you Mass. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. East Coast. And then some point along the way you find yourself in California. Oh yeah. How did that I always say why else why else do we men leave our moms? Yeah. We find a wife. <laughs> 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 you know? Um so yeah, I met I met Neva in grad school. Okay. So Wait, she uh, she's she was going there too? Yeah, yeah. So oh. she she was she was born in San Diego, they moved up to Fremont uh when she was like twelve. So okay. she she went to you know all of her schooling at, at, at mission and all that kind of stuff and then yeah she evidently uh, you know the circumstances that led her to Pittsburgh she she went to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh literally kicking and screaming like she was just so depressed <laughs> that she had to go to this like, oh. podunk from California yeah. you know she's a total California girl yeah you know very California centric like a lot of people from California like well why would I leave what else is yeah, out there you this know? is the best state yeah there's this is nothing where they, else. Fi- they finally made it to California why <laughs> would I right. go back yeah and so uh, yeah anyway so we met we actually yeah so we got to know each other like the second year of grad school okay yeah yeah and um, that, that was an interesting journey how, how did that go down again <laughs> are you serious oh, yeah man That's well give me the highlights of it like just well you know you know me well enough. i can't believe you asked me to be on a podcast because <laughs> uh, you know me well enough everyone knows me well enough to know that if you ask a question you better sit back <laughs> this is what we're here for There's... i usually have a pretty uh pretty pretty uh complete answer that's the great thing about this format okay is okay. that you just do it so... and if, if people, people don't like it they just listen to the next one i don't know <laughs> So it was very interesting. So we, I, 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 you know, I knew, knew Neva because I, I remember her because um, everyone remembered her because the first day of class. So anyone who knows Neva now, she's never on time, but never late. <laughs> it's just, it's the Indian stand. My wife, my wife is East Indian. So it's, 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 it's the Indian standard time as, as she calls it. 
um, where, you know, something starts at seven, that means nine, right? Like, it whatever. starts when I get there. Well, <laughs> so no, it's not. So that's that's kind of like the Caucasian interpretation. Oh, the party don't See, start till I walk. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I think that's what I find is, you know, like white people, it's uh, that's like a like punctuality is a virtue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. If, if people aren't punctual, like, you know, it drives my mom crazy. But anyway, on time is late. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So but, you know, pretty much in every other culture except for, you know, Ours, you know, I mean, you're right. There's Indian Standard Time, Filipino yeah, Standard Time. I right. mean, every other Mexican, every other culture has I'm like this. with church time. Has this flexibility. That's 15 in time. minutes late. Anyway, so that's how she is, and so that's the, I remember the first day of class, about 15 minutes into the lecture, um, she just walks in, and she was just this breath of fresh air, and just like, <laughs> like, oh hi, kind of quietly, just kind of comes in, and oh hi, hi, oh hey, hey, hi, you know, and everyone, you know, I was like, wow, <laughs> I saw her, I was like. All right, that must be the girl from California. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and but we didn't really talk for like a whole year, and then uh, the second year, um, the the head of our department, um, she put on a Fourth of July party for all of the out of state kids that, that no one had any place to go, so it was like a big barbecue. Okay, and so, uh, so there you it are. It was me and yeah, a few other people, and so. Anyway, we started talking, and that was the first time we actually really talked, and then f literally from that day forward, we spent like every day together. Sparks flew. Sparks flew. Wow. And it was uh, it was very interesting because, um, so Neva was not a Christian at the time. She grew up Hindu, and huh. um, and she was a little, kind of like by that time in, in her life, she was culturally Hindu, but just very, very... California. California, yeah. yeah. Classic Berkeley, California, open mind, everything's oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't say anything, you know, everything's good for whatever it is you have, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to believe. And so we would get into these fantastic conversations, and she would just challenge the crap out of me with yeah. any belief. And she would ask me the most poignant, like, 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 Think about the craziest, like most uncomfortable question about Christianity you could get, and she yeah. would just like pepper All me day. with those and be like, "So what about that? So what?" About I love that? those. <laughs> yeah, and, and she she just like you know, but she was very intellectually honest. Where she would just she, you know, if I, if if I was able to to give a thought out answer, she'd be like, "Okay, okay, that's cool, that makes sense." And uh, <laughs> and so it was fun at that time too because um. You know, I, I, I always, I never tried to, I never tried to answer her. I've, or I tried not to answer her with just my opinion, you know? So if mm. I didn't know something, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back in scripture and I'm going right. to find a better answer because I, you know, as time went along, I started to develop feelings for her and I was like, oh crap, mm. you know, oh man, I'm developing feelings. And, and so, um, I just wanted like any answer I gave, if she didn't agree with it, like yeah. there was times I was like, well, you know, it's not that you don't agree with me it's you're yeah. just disagreeing with scripture so that's that's cool you like your, yeah, issue, not your issue isn't with me it's just you just don't like what the words you just read you i like that you don't you don't you don't agree with them so it it, it enabled us to have like just a more civil you know just really comfortable conversations you that's know? good and but unbeknownst to her my faith was growing like crazy because i was just like yeah you're being forced to wrestle oh, with all man, these things i was wrestling yeah, yeah i was wrestling some, with some serious stuff that in church as a church kid you just kind of glaze over it's like right you know, these things you just kind of accept yeah like there's a lot of things that i realized man i'm just accepting this stuff by faith i don't even yeah. know why i believe i've that. never thought about it yeah yeah and then huh. at the same time too i was digging into her faith i was reading books on just other religions and hinduism and all wow. this kind of stuff so i was trying to be able to really relate to her and so there was just this real process with um, with her and her coming to Christ. Yeah, it was uh, the one one of the more interesting things is 
the the people, the two people that were the probably the most influential on her in her coming to Christ were our two Mormon friends, huh. which was very interesting because <laughs> there you go. Because again, Neva's stereotype, one of the stereotypes of Christians, were just they were a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, and um, so she didn't know anything about Mormonism. She just knew that that these you know they were husband and wife, and they and they talked a lot about their church, and they talked a lot about Jesus. And so she kind of just assumed that was, you know, Christianity. And so she went with them to like their, the, the, the Mormon temple. And wow. Anyway, she just saw the way that they lived and they were just fantastic people. And they just, they, I mean, the stuff they were doing to like live out their faith was just, it was, right. it, was it was amazing. And so she really, that, that she really started thinking, wow, this Jesus thing hmm. is, is, it, it must be real. You know, there's some, there's some truth to it. Like it's, I have not seen people live but then that was kind of the time that god brought me into her life yeah actually so she literally says like she probably would have become a mormon if she didn't if if god didn't right. bring me into her right because you're having these deep biblical scriptural yeah, talks yeah, she and... was really she was into jesus man she was like mm. I, not not like into but just like interested in this person of jesus and um wow. and then uh so she said she told you know she she would tell you that she she was really she probably would have gone into Mormonism. Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, so then we yeah it was just a process with her and her faith and, and us and our relationship and and uh, yeah anyway the cool thing was is that when she decided to come to Christ it it was she was all in she was yeah. all in because she she worked through every single weird issue yeah. you know well she's not a halfway in kind of person no no no, no. she's she's a go go for the gold kind of person yeah yeah and, and so, then so, so I, then, assuming yeah. that she wanted to come back to california right? um we actually we actually ended up well no we were actually so her cousin who is actually the only other christian in her family um which is like in, in their like sisters um she was at the time going to grad school in boston boston university okay so after graduation she moved in with her in boston and i was up in new hampshire which was only about 45 minutes away and so um, we were thinking we were going to end up there. Yeah. And um, um, and then the job situation at that time in 1999 wasn't very good for physical therapists. It was like the only <laughs> time in like history that it was hard to get a job. So we were both working part-time. <laughs> and then her mom gave her a call one day and, and told her that one of her friends has a couple clinics out in California, out in Fremont, and she needs a, yeah. a person to manage one of the clinics. And so does she want a job? And so I remember that that From weekend. Boston to yeah, Fremont. Wow. Yeah. So I remember, uh, you know, because Neva said she would never get. She she swore she would never go back to Fremont. So, so then, <laughs> so then uh, I love it. So then, um, <laughs> she, I remember one weekend she told me she was like, "Yeah, you know, um, I got a job back in Fremont." Wow. And I was like, "Whoa, okay, what does that mean?" By that time, we were, you know, we we knew you, you were know, a thing. We were a thing. Yeah. And I was like, "So what does that mean for us?" She goes, "Well, you know, I'm not." She goes, I'm not into long-distance relationships at all. Right. She goes, and it's not like you're just going to fly out there and I'm going to fly out here. She's like, I was like, so. She's like, yeah, basically, if I'm going to leave in six months, and if I don't have a ring on my finger, then we're pretty much done. Wow. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and so then that <laughs> night I went back. I remember talking to my mom. I'm like, I, you know, I was just like laying in my bed. I don't know if any guys can remember the time that they finally got to the point where they were going to ask their wife to marry them but that's a big deal you know yeah and i was laying on bed i was like i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask her i'm gonna ask her to marry me and i went downstairs with my mom and i was like mom 
I think I'm going to ask Neva to marry me. <laughs> and my mom goes, in her, in, my, in her motherly way, my mom's like, well, dear, I think it's about time. And oh, so that's yeah. all I needed. Okay. So, you got mom's approval. So, that's all you need. Yeah. And then getting the approval uh, of her family was a whole other story. But yeah, that's a whole other time. All right. <laughs> we don't want to go there. No, it was all good. But it's pretty, oh. it's, it's pretty fun. It's kind of a, I don't know, I could probably write a sitcom. Oh, gosh. This whole thing is a sitcom. Yeah. So then you're in you're in California. You mm-hmm. when when did you start the peak performance? Uh, so that was, um, yeah. I never went into physical therapy thinking I was going to start a practice. It literally, right. that was a whole nother thing, man. It just, it was uh, it was the year before Jacob was born. So actually, yeah, it's about sixteen sixteen years ago. Okay. Yeah, I remember. Um, you know, Neve and I were. We were, we were two years out of school, and we were in our apartment, and she was like, yeah, you know, I, th- I think I think I want, I think we need to start thinking about having kids. And I was like, awesome, yeah. And she goes, and you know what, I, I really want to stay home with the kids when we have them. And I'm like, huh. great, fantastic, you know. Yeah. I'm like, that, that's, I, I was thinking back to how my, you know, yeah. that's how my mom was, and it was just great to have my mom at home. I was like, that's great, you want to be at home. And she goes, and I want a house. And I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Now, Everyone out there thinks anyone younger than me that you think you have it, uh, you know, you, you guys have it so much worse than I do. I mean, <laughs> so back, I was, I, I was sweating it back when houses were uh, $375,000, right, for the starter house. Right? Yeah. But that was ridiculous back then from where I came from. So, and, and with our salaries anyway, I was like, I was like, well, you know, we can get a house but we both have to keep working or yeah. we can stay in the apartment and you can stay at home and she looked at me and she goes Todd just make it happen and then she left the room <laughs> and I was like well that was a very that was wow. a, that was a ch- that was a challenge that was a charge on my manhood you know like I must I must now <laughs> find a way happen. to provide for make my wife happen. and so that's when I was like so at the time I was I was uh, I actually kind of moved up pretty quick and I was I was running the clinic managing the clinic that I was working at so I had access to their P&L sheets their profit loss sheets and stuff and so I was like okay so to replicate both of our salaries I need to see how many and I was already doing all the marketing mm. I knew all the doctors I was like I can I can drum up that much business to replicate our salaries yeah I was like I'm gonna open up my own practice <laughs> <laughs> and that's that was that and so it literally happened within about I don't know I want to say a month like I remember wow. the, so, so that next day I I was driving down Maori I drove by Maori Medical Plaza, the blue roofs on Maori yeah. near, near the bowling alley. I see this. I drive by and I just look and I see this little for rent sign. So I, I stop. I was like, oh, because I knew a lot of the doctors that were in that area. Right. In that complex. And I was like, oh, cool. So I'm looking in the window and I hear this just random middle of the day. This dude in a white coat's walking. Hey, uh, do you want to take a look in there? And I was like, uh, sure. He goes, what do you what do you do? I go, uh, physical therapy. He goes, that's fantastic. We were just having a board meeting saying we have all the other disciplines. It would be great to have a physical therapy place right here. <laughs> so we walk in, and, and I'm, he's showing me the space, and I'm like, uh, and he's this like, is where you're at now. No, no oh, this okay. is this is our first place. Okay. And and he goes, uh, he goes, um, so uh, so when do you um, you know, when do you want to start, or or how? What's your time frame of when you need this built out? Because I told him I was really interested in this this spot, I'll go. Uh, I go. How fast can you get it built out? And I told him what I needed. He goes. Oh, I got a guy. He's like, well, we can get that done probably in about three months. I go. Okay, three months. 
And so, and so that night I went home. I talked to my dad. I was like, help me find him. Help me pick out a good name. So we picked out people from physical therapy. My dad jotted up the, uh, the, the little logo. He's a oh little gosh. artist. And then the next day I got online and I incorporated with the state of California and found out that the name was cool and got it all, whatever. And wow, that's so met fast. With, met with the guy. You the can't next, do it that quick. No, uh, met with the guy the no. next week, and um, and he and I drafted up the the, the lease agreement, and then I told the uh, the the guy that that owned the the guy that owned the clinic I worked for. He owned like a ton of clinics in California, and so I'd done a really good job for that clinic and turning it around. So he and I knew each other when he would come up from. Uh, SoCal, you know, and mm. go to all the meetings. So I knew him on a first name basis. So I told him next time he's up, we got to talk. So when we sat down, he the first thing out of mouth, his mouth is, "So you're gonna open your own place?" He already knew. He just knew. He knew because I said I got to uh. talk to you. And he go, I go, yeah. He goes, and he and, and I knew that he knew if I left, right? That you're clinic, taking customers. Well, you know, I wasn't gonna, you know, do it maliciously. It just would happen, right? Right. And he knew that. He and that's what he said. He goes, so if you leave, this place is pretty much just gonna fold and i was like i don't know maybe not and he goes yeah probably will he goes well what can we do he's like, how, how can we make it work for both of us and so anyway we just worked it out where uh, i knew what the place was worth so i basically purchased the rights to to that clinic and to their anyway huh. I, it worked it out to where all all the staffing all the all the um the equipment and then their um like tax id number i was able to bill day one because I still kept some kind of association with them. Wow. Um, so I was able to charge from day one. Anyway, within three months, we were profitable. That's and, crazy. And there was no money up front because he, he – he, <laughs> I took a, a – so in the part of the payment was a little bit of a loan from him. Anyway. Wow. So, yeah, and that was the – so it was literally like – like so people say – you know, I've had people like, so can you tell me like how to like start a business? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> Don't do I'm, it not like really, <laughs> I'm not really – I have no idea what I'm doing. I had no idea. My, my business plan was get a house for your wife. <laughs> yeah, make it happen. <laughs> yeah, make it happen. And, but again, it was – Dude. So so back to the back to the beginning. It, yeah. it literally, and I guess I guess I'm I, I I'm hoping that there's a lot of parents out or dads and stuff out there listening that it it, it goes back to the faith that was built hmm. when I was young and, yep. and the lessons I learned and then the way that I was able to just keep banking those things through life and 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 so when it came to time to be like okay Todd make it happen. It was like, okay, God, let, let's 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 make it happen. Like, like, hmm. you know, you, you walk through doors. I don't kick doors down. If a door opens up, I wa- walk through it. But I'm not going to kick it down. And God, I'm like, God, just show me the open doors. Yeah. And he just he just did it every step of the way, and 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 it happened. And and I can see to this day, like his hand in in all of it. Um. Yeah. Anyway, and just just the. The wonderful staff we have, the lives we've been able to, to touch uh, over the years. And 14 years, you said? 16. Or 16. 16 wow. Yeah. Yeah, every day I go to work, loving it. That's cool. Never have a... Never Except have on a, Wednesdays. Yep. You stay home and love it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Working, air quotes, from home. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind on yeah, Wednesdays. Hey, man, I, if I, I ever I, have I, anything I, I need I, done, I'm going to call you on right, Wednesday. That's right. I, 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 put, I put some crazy hours in the beginning, man. Yeah, uh, I, I, I bet. I bet. You're building your own thing. That's right. So I've known you for, I want to, four plus, maybe yeah, almost man. five years, something like that. All these years just start to. 
you were a you were a resonator before me. Mm-hmm. So you were there. How, how long have you been a part of Resonate Church? So, again, I, years just start to all blend together. So, yeah. we 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 jumped in with Resonate when they were meeting at the coffee shop at Bridges. Oh, so oh. I think I think that was I think it started first in Quan's living room. Yeah. And then. I think the next stop was the coffee shop at Bridges, and then Whoa. from there, you're OG. From there, it was the Citibank building. Yeah, which isn't there anymore. Right, they tore that down. Yep, and then from there it was Forest Park. Yep, and from there it was the adult school to American. Dang, you're OG. To now, our new building. It's which you want? You want to see a picture? Yeah. Gotta, hey, this is great radio, but I'm going to show you a is picture. A rendition or what it looks like now? This is to this morning. So that's the front entrance. They got danger, do not enter, hard hat only. They're, they have uh, Wait, Bobcat. Is it, is it open like that, though? They leave it open? No, or? they can shut oh, that. Oh, okay. They can, yeah, they, they don't want anyone wandering around. But, <laughs> yeah, they got guys wow. in there just tearing stuff up with machinery, knocking walls over. They got this, wow. this Bobcat thing that has this claw on the front of it. And they push the walls over, <laughs> and this thing just chews it up. <laughs> It looks so fun. I was gonna say. I was gonna, I was gonna ask him if I could give me the keys. If I can go in there and and you know do a little. Oh, there's there's you can see the inside. Oh my it's, gosh, it's a disaster right wow. now. Wow, it's like we're yeah. gonna do. Yeah, that looks. Yeah. Like the basement of the house I grew up so in. You're you're gonna see the fruition of this thing. Yeah. From, from the coffee shop to a actual facility. Yeah, that's fun. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's been pretty. What been what great. made you want to jump in on like a brand new baby little church? This just. Did Neva tell you to <laughs> make it, make it, <laughs> go make a church? <laughs> no. no, it was um, it was funny. I don't know if I don't know if uh, Scott Taylor would remember. I'll but, ask him if he comes on. But when he make a note of it. But back when he and Christy were leaving Fremont to go to Texas, yeah, to do um, to do uh. You know uh, his his thing there. Where uh, Scott's that, one of the founding pastors. Yeah, of Resonate, and yeah. that's that's where he learned a lot about the I, I guess about the the church planting right. kind of uh, environment in church. Yeah, uh, he went to a church that was planting churches, and and um anyway we we were just saying our goodbyes and and um and I remember Neva saying something like um so just let us know when you're back in town because when you come back to start that church you know we'll be there. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, when it, you come back from, yeah, trying to plant a church somewhere else, <laughs> is what she's saying. Yeah, because the plan wasn't real. I mean, I don't think the plan. I mean, the plan at that time was not, you know, just to come back. It was like, yeah, this is where we're going, and we're going to be here for as long as God wants us there. Right, right. And um, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then when we when we got word of it, um, we were going to another church up in up in Livermore at the time. Hmm. Yeah, we were like, what? We're like, all right, well, and then. Uh, and then one of the other, uh, Brian Zito, he he gave he gave me a call one night and was like, "Hey Todd, so you know Brian and Scott, they're starting a new church. Do you want to be part of it?" <laughs> and we were like, "Absolutely." That's great. Yeah. So. Uh, and you've been around. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah, I've only known it since uh, the adult school. Mm-hmm. I went once at the adult school, and then uh, it was a year before I came back. And oh, you went once and then yeah, just checked it out and was like, I went. I came to see uh, one of one of our high schoolers. Now he was a grade schooler, okay, and he was getting baptized. Oh, cool, cool. And he invited me. He was in our Awana program. Anyway, so I Back came. When we had the inflatable, right? Yeah, it was in the in the like the little kid pool with yep. the rainbows and unicorns yep. on the side of it. 
and uh yeah i was blown away I was like wow what is this place this is different yep and it, it scared me a little bit yeah <laughs> i was like what is this it's just like people jumping up getting baptized like out of the crowd the music is loud there's fog i was like what Actually, do we have fog back then yeah we did have fog. i remember okay. specifically there was fog and like there was art and it was cool and the pastor was kind of cool it's like this is interesting but i i was getting all like emotional mm-hmm. it, it scared me i was like yeah what this is intense yeah, this can't be right <laughs> and it, it took me yeah, it took me a year to like i'm gonna go check that out again and then i tried to look like where was that what was it called resonate and it's like and it came up as american high school i was like no that's not it like it was somewhere else <laughs> so i was all confused i, yeah, I couldn't yeah. figure out where the thing is but yeah yeah now it's time to get a building i know it's what, what is that gonna look like man it's amazing i think I, I don't know i'm really excited for it because i think i, I think it's gonna look uh, i feel like it's gonna look look unlike what other building projects that I've seen in the past are going to turn into. Yeah. You know, I mean, mo- most of the time building projects become the four walls that you now are encamped in. And, yep. and now it's just a bunch of uh, programs for, for whoever's our, in those four walls. For and, our people. Yeah. But yeah. knowing the DNA of, of resonate, I, I think it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be resonate now on steroids. Yeah. You know, in terms of the, the, the 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 outreach for the city and yeah. in you know I, I i am really just really excited i'm really excited yeah. for i feel like it's like you you find this handyman mm-hmm. who who doesn't have a power drill and you're like that's fine you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like you find a handyman that's using like hand tools like he's sitting there with a Phillips head screwdriver and doing amazing work and he does beautiful work wow this is so cool but it's so arduous because you have to do it by and then you, you hand him like a like yeah. a big old DeWalt 20 volt impact drill yeah he's gonna build a house yeah. like, like yeah. I feel like this is gonna yeah no one's gonna be putting their feet up I'll tell you that yeah I'm hungry for it yeah. like give me that building let's turn them lights on and bring people in let's go yeah. like I'm yeah that's that's the real that's yeah. the real vibe that's, yeah that's well and that's the that's the mission yeah it. You know, and that's a, that's really exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's going to be growth. There's going to be people coming that haven't come before. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, we're projecting the children ministry is going to grow because we actually have a place for them to be. That's not a cafeteria. You know, concrete yeah. box. Yeah. You know, it's going to be. And that's the amazing thing. I mean, it's just such a. It's so amazing to see how God uses anything, right? Yeah. How, I mean, because our, our kid men, right? I mean, I, the majority of people that I have invited to church to resonate have come back because of how wonderful the kid men hmm. is, you know, and how much their kids loved kid men. Yeah. And that was, and that was with like literally in a cafeteria where, yeah, <laughs> I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, you know, uh, so I mean, yeah, it's just, a, it, that's why, you know, again, it's just exciting to see, yeah. you know, what the potential is yeah you know to for outreach you know. it's exciting yeah i don't know this this podcast isn't you know it's not a resonate sponsored thing or anything but i, I can't help but you know, get excited about it I'm, yeah. I'm pumping my own fist this is my world it's my thing all right i'll talk about it that's right <laughs> your podcast yeah your rules um i here's here's a, a question i think we'll 
we'll get close to wrapping up with this, I guess. Um, looking back at your at your experience spiritually mm-hmm. and your upbringing with mom praying, you know, with dad in the woodshed, um, just the provision that you've seen, you know, and, and especially your experiences in college. If you could, if you could put a couple of points on what exactly is it about Christ, uh, about the gospel that you find so attractive as to, trust him like this or you know to be willing to be part of a little baby church and what what is it that makes that whole thing beautiful to you um i mean not to sound like a broken record but do it it, it really it really is it really is um god's faithfulness i mean i think the the gospel the scripture you know the plan from the time that man screwed it up to hmm. to to Christ is uh, you know God's God's faithfulness to His creation, God's faithfulness to His His people Israel, um, His 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 faithfulness to us now through Christ in the gospel, um, and ultimately it's His faithfulness to the end where. Uh, you know, we're with him someday. And everything in between um, is just, uh, I don't know, I, I, I just, that, that's the thing that draws me so much to Christ. Hmm. It's just his faithfulness. And, 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 and it's, it's in spite, you know, again, when, when we read scripture, we, we see the Israelites, we see, uh, you know, the people and, and how unfaithful they were. And then yeah. when I look at myself and I examine myself and I see how unfaithful I am and how I've been and how I probably will continue to, to be at times and just, but knowing the, the, the God of, 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 uh, of the Bible and hmm. how faithful he is, how faithful he's been to me in my own personal life, how faithful I, I see him in other people's lives and in yeah. our church's life. You just can't, you know. For me, it just it just gets to a point where it's like I, I just you just can't doubt. Yeah, I just can't doubt. I just know he's, I know he's got me. I know he's got us. He's got our church. Yeah. He's got Christians in general. I I, I just, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at how faithful he is, and that, that that's that's been the one consistent thing that's always um, that brought me to him. That 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 hmm. that that drew me to to my my initial like real faith um uh thing in college you know my yeah my my crisis of faith and then that's definitely what sustained me through through church plant through marriage through it's continuing to 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 you know help me through rearing my children Hmm. um so uh, i don't know that's yeah it's awesome what would you say your you're being taught right now and you're you're still learning we never get like mm. good at this right yeah what are, what is he teaching you in this season um he's teaching me um a lot about the importance of of prayer um and just how uh, the the gift of prayer and um I don't pray as much as I should and as I need to. The S word. The <laughs> S know, word. The you know, should. Word. You know, but 
um, this at this time in my life with some things that have gone on, um, mm. I'm just seeing how prayer is such a, a, a gift. You know, it's it's not like you know the prayer to ask. It's it's yeah. It's how prayer um, allows us to to um, to see God's heart. It, it allows us to. Um, see him work in our lives it allows us to petition for others and Hmm. and and to see so like you know like those things that you can't control about other people or those things that you want to see changed yeah you know just seeing how god's faithful just through through prayer for those things um there's things that obviously you know you need to pray and take care of yourself but then it's just been so neat to see him care enough about me and my relationships to see him intervene through the holy spirit on his own timetable with Hmm. people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I've been seeing, seeing that just the, the benefit, I mean, just how important it is in our, in, in our marriage and, and how vital it is right now in raising these kids and how it's, um, just kept, kept my wife and I on the same page. Yeah. which is really hard to do with kids um, with different personalities. Yeah. But being on the same page spiritually and, and just, you know, uh, in our relationship with Christ, it's helped us through a lot of, you know, some difficult difficult times. And, um, yeah, so. It's beautiful. Well, I'll tell you when, you remember that workshop we were doing, what was it, like almost six months ago now or something like that? Yeah. Uh, we did a workshop, parenting workshop, not the puberty one. <laughs> Wait, was this the panel one? The panel, yeah. You were on a panel. Yeah. And uh, when uh, Christine, who who is our Kidman director. Extraordinaire. Uh, extraordinaire. Little juggernaut. She, she's thinking about putting it together. And she had like three people that were like, she talked to, cast a vision. They said, yeah, we'll do it. And she said, I need, I need one more person. I need like a like a man, you know, like someone. <laughs> some, we all need a man, no, but someone who, you know, like. And she asked me, like, who, like, think of all like the dads that you know, and like, you know, like, who do you think is doing a good job? And I told her you should talk to Todd. Like, I think he gets it. I, and, thought, I and, thought you said you knew me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I said like four <laughs> other people. And then yeah. I said, hey, if you got time, talk to Todd. <laughs> no, but I, I think, man, you know, it, and it, the cool thing is I know you wouldn't say I'm the world's greatest dad. You're humble about it, which is part of what makes it. it it's, yeah, it's part of what makes it uh, makes it true of you is I think you're realistic about it. Like, yeah, I don't have this down. I, I do apologize to my kids because I mess up and even that teaches them something. And, you know, I think your, your, your perspective on it is really good. And I know your kids, I know one of them much better than the other, but what I know of them, uh, is that you're doing something right. And I'm, I'm confident, you know, I, I tell Jacob this a lot that, you know, I know he's going to do something Mm-hmm. amazing i'm not going to try to tell him what it is or here's the plan for your life you know whatever mm-hmm. i just know that god's winding him up to do something amazing mm-hmm. and and that in itself is is i think a, a huge fruit from your own upbringing and just who you are and the way you are with the kids and 
yeah, I, I, it's a privilege to be invited into that, you know, as often as I am. And, you know, who am I? I I'm, you know, I'm just some guy, <laughs> you know, I'm some truck driver, uh, fireman who working for a church somehow. And Isn't I don't, that awesome? Isn't that awesome? It's crazy. That's a but, great. That's, that's, but I get to, I'll have to interview you sometime. I, yeah. That's I, a great I, story. I get to be, you know, a, a de facto family member mentor yeah. to these amazing young people. And, yeah. You know, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's cool to be on the team with you and doing that. Like the whole. I'm glad you feel that way because, yeah. Yeah, you are vital. <laughs> it takes a village. It takes a village. It does. It does. <laughs> um, all right. Is there anything else you got in your mind you want to share with the, the Internet world? Uh, the Internet world. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, no, man. This was a good time. It was fun. This was fun. Yeah. It was a little, little kind of didn't know what to expect but yeah it's hard it's hard to know what to expect even if you listen to it you're like what is this what are we doing yeah yeah, yeah. No, it was good man thanks for thanks for inviting me and thanks for being part of our lives and uh and just thanks for you know your your faithfulness to to the church and to the Thank and to you. the kids i mean right this is not an easy yeah. world as a kid to navigate and to yeah. to have you know, for these kids to have someone like yourself that they love and look up to um, that that cares about them. I, I mean, I I honestly I think there's probably like me, my parents, and then probably I think I bet you you're probably the third person that loves my kid, <laughs> kids <laughs> as much as family. You know, and I know that for a fact. So, well, you know, I, I I really I really appreciate everything you do, man. So, thank you. Yeah. Here, outside, high five. All Ready? Right. Here you go. There yeah. Go. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, well, there it is. Another interview in the bag. Thank you so much, Todd, for coming by today. That was fun. Uh, I just, man, I love what I get to do. <laughs> this is the funnest hobby in the world. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, what a great story. You know, o- over and over again, we just keep hearing about the faithfulness of God. And not by any work of our own, it is by His grace his love. He does all the work. He is the initiator and he is the one who follows through. It's not up to us. We just get to hang on for the ride and watch him do his work. And we just are blessed to play a part in it. Uh, again, you can follow the show on Facebook at the Great Stories Podcast. Also on Instagram, same thing. We're on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com. And uh, you can send a few bucks down that way. But the best thing that you can do, I want these stories to get out. People got to hear about this God and what he's doing in the lives of the people who follow him. If you want to be on the show, email me at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. See you soon. Oh, hi there. So you left your podcaster on, or maybe you saw that there was all this extra time at the end. You're wondering what's there. Well, this is a little 
uh, Easter egg within the podcast. It's a little bonus time where I just kind of sit down and talk about whatever's on my mind that day. Uh, and today, gosh, what's on my mind? Well, um, we so I'm I'm a member of a church staff here uh, in Fremont, Resonate Church, and uh, every couple weeks or so we get together as a staff and we have our staff meetings. Uh, but you know, really, I mean, calling it a staff meeting is like the uber boring <laughs> way to refer to what exactly it is that we do um, during these meetings. You know, we we really uh, we really see each other as family, and this is family time when we get to just hey, what's going on with all of our ministries? What what are you doing? What's happening? What are your wins? What are your losses? What are you struggling with? Like you know, and, and but it also we we talk about personal stuff too, and. There was something that came up today, uh, just in, uh, we, we're taking time to pray for each other. And one of the things that I, you know, had asked for prayer with was this feeling, uh, that I get a lot of times and, you know, and the whole reason I'm talking about this is because I'm sure I'm not alone. And I have a tendency, uh, as, as a man, as a guy, as, as somebody, you know, who is an achiever, you know, I'm I'm constantly questioning my value uh, to other people. You know, to the teams that I'm on. You know, the ministry that I lead. You know, and it seems like I I'm I'm so quick to place myself uh, into sort of a B list <laughs> category with others. You know, and it's a it's a tricky spot because there's there's times when when I'm doing really great and there's times when I, I mess up or I fail, but I will, I tend to ignore the successes and I'll hyper-focus on the failures and, and you know, the way that my mind works and, and I don't, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone with this is I'll, I'll have this negative confirmation bias is what they call it, where I'll, I'll ignore the times when I feel like a team member, when I feel like a valued person, you know, when I, when I feel like I'm, I'm getting it right. You know, when things are going well, when I'm, I'm seeing God work through me and, and it's so dramatic and so cool, I'll kind of ignore those and I will hang on to the times when I feel like I failed, when I let people down, um, when I'm just inadequate, when I don't measure up and, you know, and, and I'll start to place myself in this category. And then you look for times when, you know, uh, oh, I feel overlooked, you know, or, or and it, this is all in my own head. And, you know, I, I just feel like I'll use that as an opportunity to say, see, look at that. You don't belong here. What are you doing? You're, you know, I, I went to college to be a firefighter, you know, and, and my trade experience is in truck driving. I move construction equipment on the back of a semi. Like, who am I to be on a church staff, you know, writing Bible curriculum for kids every week and, and mentoring a high school? What, what is going on? They let me preach a couple times a year. Are you crazy? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> and, you know, it's it's so hard. And, and people have said this to me before, but it seems like that the biggest lie that a lot of uh, anyone who serves in ministry, really, anytime you, you jump in and you start doing stuff, the lie that we start to believe is that God is really depending on my capabilities and my strengths and my talents and my intelligence, that he is depending on me to get his will accomplished in this world. And if I don't have the right words, that if I mess this up or uh, I just don't do the right thing, that, you know, I'm somehow 
me, you know, Ryan Weber, the, the all-powerful Ryan, is going to stop God's will from happening. And I, I just, you know, the, the longer I'm in this, you know, it seems like the higher the stakes get. But it becomes more clear, you know, over and over that, wow, I have failed on all kinds of levels. I'm still a, a, just a sinful person. I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, uh, you know. Again, like I said, there's, there's on paper, there's no reason why I should be doing what I'm doing, but I'm doing it, and I, and I get to see God working amazing miracles through me anyway, and uh, it, it's, it's so humbling <laughs> to, to have a mind that just seeks this confirmation bias, this seeks this negative reinforcement, this to say to myself, oh, see, see, you're, you're actually not good enough. But then to see over and over and over again, again, this theme, just like Todd was talking about, this, this faithful God will accomplish his will in this world. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not a request. It's a promise. It's going to happen. God is faithful to his promises, always. And I get to see him fulfill those promises in spite uh, of my failures and on occasion my efforts to work against him even. And uh, I'm just trying to hang on for the ride. But, you know, I I, I still struggle with those lies. You know, I, I can tell myself all those things and I believe those things are true. But I was talking with another staff member today just how how the things we believe sometimes take time to really become like a part of our thinking, you know, and it's a process that, that I believe God will do what he's doing. And I believe he, he doesn't need me to be perfect, to accomplish his will. I don't think he needs that. I think the fact that he does it in spite of me is even more amazing, but it takes time for those, for those kinds of beliefs to, to um, really take root. But it's a privilege to just be a part of that process and get to see what he's doing from the front row. Uh, for all all of you out there, you know, listening who might, you know, maybe you know me, maybe you're, you know the church I belong to. Uh, I just want to, I, I just want to tell you, I, I'm humbled constantly uh, that I get to be in, in any kind of leadership position among you. Maybe you serve in my own ministry. Maybe you don't, maybe you never heard of Resonate Church, but I'm sure I speak on behalf of all kinds of church staffs when I say that it's a privilege to be in this position to be trusted with people's children, with their discipleship and mentoring others and their lives. And uh, such a, such a blessing. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of spent today stewing on that. So that's what, uh, that's what came out right now. And I, I just, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about these podcasts, man. I, I love doing this. This is number seven now. It's becoming a real thing. And, um, you know, I, I love that I get to do this. I, I've, I love the stories that I've gotten to hear so far, and I'm glad you're listening to them. I'm on a pace to put these out every two weeks. I got tons of people <laughs> lined up. I'm constantly finding people and talking to them like, oh my gosh, you got to come on the podcast and say that. Uh, so I don't, I don't see an end <laughs> to this thing in the foreseeable future. I think it's going to be so fun to keep it going. Uh, thank you for listening to the Easter egg part. Um, I will, uh, be in touch with you in a couple of weeks. Take it easy.